When we last left our heroes, all seemed lost as they were lowered into the tank of piranhas. Will they break free in time? Will they stop the evil Dr. Deathstink before he destroys the city? And what are those sores on Jason's lips? All these questions shall be answered on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast! Attention planet Earth and beyond! Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Now, Jason, Doctor Death Stink. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? My new favorite villain. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. I am your host, Insane Mike, and this episode we're going to be talking about comic book movies. Now, all you horror fans out there freaking out, it's like, oh my god, not another podcast talking about the Avengers, blah, blah. No, it's strictly, we're, we're staying with horror-themed, horror-related comic book movies. Now, some of these may be a little bit of a stretch. Into, <laughs> like Avengers, let's stuff. talk about it. <laughs> yeah. There's aliens in it, aliens are scary. Anyway, um, so, but that's what we're talking about tonight. Now, Jason, I challenge you with, like, every time... Um, if you could find the soundbite of the Batman um, transition music, that um, <laughs> just put that in every so often. Okay. okay. Every time we switch movie topics or titles. That's right. Time to introduce you to the podcast crew. First up, it's a bird. It's a podcaster. It's Captain Beardo, Dustin Neal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, everybody. What's up? Next up, she got her powers from being bit by a book about radioactive spiders. Library woman, Terry Turford. <laughs> hey, everybody. And lastly, with great power comes great responsibility in his pants. Little drummer boy, Jason Bollinger. Little? <laughs> Little? I said it was a good size. That's a mall rats quote, not you yeah, telling yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> Hey. Uh, hey. How's everybody doing? Good. 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 Um, I, I want it noted that I just realized today, at least I think it's today, it said it on, on um, IMDb when I was doing some homework before we started. But I think today is National Superhero Day. Really? As we record this. I think so. At least that's really? what it said on. Yeah. You're making it up. I think so, making it up. I think you're making it up. Maybe I am. Maybe you are. Okay. <laughs> I thought... I, whatever. <laughs> Just ruin my dreams. Uh-huh. <sighs> How okay. are you, Mike? I'm good. I'm great. That's, that's good. Yep, had a... Uh, had an interesting weekend. Celebrated my son's seventh birthday party here at the house. Never again will I invite children from his class over to my house. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like he's got a class of 20, uh, 20 kids, and only like five or six of them showed up, and that was still too much. 
too much. Yeah. Yeah. Kids, man. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> That's right. So small. You would have, you would have liked it though, Dustin. He wanted a comic book themed um, party. So I decorated uh, the dining room. I, I took a bunch of posters from work into the, the dining room with uh, all comic book themed stuff. Yeah, I was I was there. Oh, that's right. You saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I yeah, forgot I had, ate all that cake. I hadn't <laughs> taken it down yet. I was disguised as a child. <laughs> you were the one. Yeah, beardo. <laughs> yes. Okay, anybody else have anything exciting we want to talk about from their weekend? Um, you know, stuff. All right, stuff, cool. Lots of rocking. And rolling. Ex- excellent. And I um and Terry did post uh, in our, our little chat here that it is National Superhero Day, but for some reason she didn't feel the need to say it out loud on the podcast. You were Validate. talking. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> uh, huh. huh. I figured we would discuss it when you were done with that topic. What a wonderful <laughs> coincidence. Whatever. <laughs> Sleamy hanging. I see. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine, because you know what, guys? You know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for some killer news. Now it's time for killer news. Ripped straight from the headlines on attack on the killer podcast. (laughs) With Beardo. (laughs) Captain Beardo. Captain Beardo. Unintentionally hilarious. That's Slates.com's first impression of M. Night Shyamalan's new film, The Visit. The trailer was released this week, and Slate.com has been quoted saying, Shyamalan has managed... To make a horror movie about something even less scary than plants. Mm. Grandma and Grandpa. Don't worry, M. Night fans. Press isn't all bad. Elon Lai is excited for the director's return to horror and has already deemed the newly released trailer a success and a step in the right direction. The Visit, which is set to hit theaters on September 11th of this year, revolves around a brother and sister visiting their grandparents. Grandparents seem nice enough at first, but then odd and unexplainable events start taking place. I can't wait for the twist in this one. What do you think, Jason? What? It doesn't. <laughs> I'm you joking. mean the third act? I, I said oh, that. I know. Right beside each other, just to see what you'd say. Mm-hmm. But you're you're the big M Night fan, and I just wanted to see what well, all, what all you guys thought of the trailer because uh, as of right now, it came out today, and it it. Looked pretty decent. I mean, they didn't show a lot, but it looked looked pretty good. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. That was even before I knew it was M Night because they didn't really tell you that till the end. But yeah, um, I don't know. It's if you think about it, it's a scary concept, you know, being left alone at your strange grandparents' house and shit. Definitely looked fucked up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, how? I mean. How many times have you hung out with your grandparents for the weekend or for a week or for a day? You know, I mean, it's you know, your grandparents. They're weird. Is, yeah, they can get weird. Yes. <laughs> weird people. But uh, trying to stick your granddaughter into the oven, that's a little bit even more weird. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Mikey? 
I thought the trailer looked awesome, and it looked um, it, it it doesn't seem to have the same typical uh, M Night tone to it. It does feel a little bit. You watch now. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> I'm already like, what does so, that mean? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I'm gonna say this now, so you're not too pissed off at me. But I love M Night Shyamalan as well. But his his actors, his performances that he gets from his actors always just kind of seem so, so um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? On the down low, just kind of uh, more somber, somber performances. Um, okay. From his actors, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying that that kind of seems like that's part of his style as a filmmaker. And but this one seems, you know, just definitely seems a lot more upbeat in the performances. I mean, obviously it's starring a couple children, so you know um, how you know how somber could uh, you know a couple couple kids be? And I also find it interesting that apparently it looks like it's found footage. Style? Yeah, it does. It looks like it's all filmed from either the point of the view from the kids, or well, just them. Yeah, from either their cell phones or one of them has a camera. It looks like huh. at the very end. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, yeah, and so you said that article said something about like unintentionally funny or something like that. They they called it. Uh, the trailer was unintentionally hilarious. Is what Slate dot com said. But wow. now, what if it is supposed to have some comic tone to it, though? Well, see, that's just it, and that goes back to the 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 M Night theory is that he can't make anything without some kind of over the top criticism now, to the point to whatever oh. whatever he does. Even if it was supposed to be funny, they'd be like, "Well, that's stupid because it's funny, or that's stupid because it's not scary." You know, it's yeah. just whatever it is and whatever it isn't is with him. Oh yeah, like like the the quote. Quote, finger quotes in the air. Critics out there that uh, that piss on M Night anymore. It, I mean, like <clears throat> during the World War Two era, you know, there was uh, <laughs> less scrutiny if you were a Nazi than um, than uh-huh. if you make an M Night Shyamalan movie. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> so too soon. But too what soon. they said was or what M Night or Nazis. <laughs> yep. <laughs> M Nazis. Oh gosh. <laughs> haters of M. Night. Uh, well, what the article did say that, uh, you know, it was it was trying to be funny uh, was that it he had managed to make a horror movie about something less scary than plants, grandma and grandpa. But man, grandma and I, grandpa can be scary. Yeah. Just saying. I, I agree. You know, everybody's at that moment. Yeah, I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a way of tapping into another childhood fear that doesn't get explored. And, you know, um, and not necessarily just grandma and grandpa, but just like, you know, as a child being left, you know, with uh, at somebody else's house for however long, you know, just those kind of fears. I mean, it's acceptable to tap into the childhood fears of clowns or dolls, but yeah, why not the grandparents? I mean, their houses always smell like mothballs. It's creepy shit. Yeah, it's it's a whole nother world. It's It's a blast from the past. You see things that you don't ever get to see in anybody else's house well, unless you're at your grandparents' house. You know, it's just... <laughs> and you know what? If that is the key criticism of this, then I say, you know, hooray for M. Night for having the balls to attempt to tap into some of these things. It's just, what, same thing with The Happening, you know? That took a lot of guts to try to 
try to create suspense and, and fear with the subject matter of that film. Whether it works or not, I'm, you know, that's that's for you know, everyone else to decide. But kudos to him for attempting something different. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like the only thing that can can bite him in the ass on this is the found footage aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like I said, people are going to nitpick it and they're going to be like, oh, we've, this is just another found footage movie. Um, hopefully it, it it's hopefully maybe it's maybe maybe not i mean it could it could get that stigma just because it's him but there's been a lot of like big name directors over the past you know five ten years that have that have dipped their toes in this found footage uh thing like barry livingston with the bay um uh rennie harlan with uh what was that one jason devil's pass was that the name of it yeah yeah you know, i mean like <clears throat> How shocked I was to see Rennie Harlan's name pop up at the end of that movie, you know. George Romero. So, yeah, George. Yeah, George Romero with um, um, Diary of the Dead. So yeah, who's next in that? Man, I gotta watch it again. I really didn't even put it together. It was found footage. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I watched it a couple of times. I noticed it the first time, but. Uh, some things, I, I, but not like the whole thing. That's right? Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it kind of establishes it at the very beginning, but then it ignores it um, until almost the very end of the trailer. So, which makes you think it's going to be a bit more um, organized, me, or uh, yeah, shots are going to be pretty steady need, and <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot. You know, there was there wasn't a single shaky shot in that whole trailer. And, you know, much like George Romero's Diary of the Dead, where um, they they really were more meticulous about the shots, but still were trying to convey the found footage thing, the docu-footage. Yeah, yeah. Thing, so I really like that grandpa actor. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's really good. That whole shotgun part there in the trailer where <laughs> they walk I was just cleaning them. it. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, I, I had a what the fuck, but I also that was kind of a like, chuckle for me. Shit. Yeah, that's where I'm like, I I wonder if there is supposed to be some comedy. Now I'm not talking like you know scary movie style comedy where right. it's a, where it's a satire or a parody of itself, but that the you know it is going to be a little bit more lighthearted, especially compared to you know. Uh, you no know, good horror has comic movie. relief. Yeah, yeah, because because even that even that moment made me kind of laugh a little bit. I was like, oh, I'm just cleaning it with it's got his face right in the barrel. I was like holy oh, shit! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had a question too. Uh, what? I can't. I'm trying to remember it, but did they didn't? Uh, did they come out and make anything supernatural, or is it all really realistic in the trailer? Man, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering too. I really, I would love it if they did not. If they were some other yeah, explanation besides here. ghosts or demons. Same. I'm just like keeping my fingers crossed, and that's why I want to see it really bad. Because I'm just like, oh please God, please don't let this just turn into another ghost movie or possession movie. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the trailer, the kid goes, "They're hiding a secret. I want to find it." Type thing. So I imagine mm-hmm. there will be some kind of yeah. left turn somewhere in there. Because it was like, oh god dang it! What was the name of that other one? Um, oh, the, what was it? Diary of Deborah. Oh, Taking of Deborah Logan. 
Yeah, taking a Deborah Logan. That one started strong for me, and it was kind of the same thing with the whole Alzheimer's angle and all that stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh, please don't go the ghost route. And then it just ended up being just a ghost possession film. Yeah. So, so I'm really, I'm really hoping they don't, because that's kind of that's also kind of what it reminded me of was that movie. Um, when I was watching this trailer, and it's like, please don't, uh, please don't go that route. It would be so cool if it's something completely different with it. Yeah. I'll be and looking then, forward to it. And then, I mean, I don't know, and not to typecast any actors or anything, but did you, you recognize the, the mom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I recognized her. She's the she's in she's in Step Brothers and she's hilarious. Exactly, she's in Step Brothers. She's she's in, always uh, comedy. Yeah, much. yeah. So I mean, like I said, I don't I I don't want to um, typecast somebody, but seeing her right away too almost may, makes me think maybe there's maybe this is supposed to be a little bit more on the comedy side, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but then to, for the critics to write it off as like unintentional, unintentionally funny. Yeah, and this is just one. This is just the one I came across um, today. Like I said, e-, e online were really excited about it, which is weird, I guess, because it's it's e. <laughs> but they were excited for it, and they they were actually scared by it. So, I mean, it's just. I think people already have that mindset of how they're going to react when they see a, something from him and, and they just roll with it no matter what the outcome or the content is. Yes, I, and and at the end of the day, I'm just I'm happy he's back. I'm happy he's making something. I'm happy he's able to put his name on something. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, like after Earth, he didn't, they didn't even credit him in the, in the credits of that movie, did they? That's what I heard. I still have never seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I heard like he didn't even get like an opening credit just because they wanted to keep his name off of it because of the stigma he's got. Sucks. But uh-huh. but uh, I'm also glad to see he's kind of getting back into the back to his like uh, his horror roots a little bit. Something a little bit more on the uh, on the chiller side rather mm-hmm. than rather than sci-fi. Like like his last few films, so so yeah, I'm excited, and and I'm also excited to see too that obviously this looks like something on a much much more casual, much more low budget scale, yeah, much more of a modest budget than an After Earth or a Last Airbender, definitely, yeah, and I would like to think that he would probably be more successful if he didn't have all that behind him. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so yeah, The Visit. And finally tonight, in the world of video games, Silent Hills has completely fallen apart. Over the weekend, reports were coming in that Del Toro publicly stated that the game wasn't happening. Norman Reedus, who was lending his likeness and voice for the game, is also out of the picture. Reedus posted on his Twitter saying that he was super bummed and was really looking forward to it. But the real nail in the coffin <laughs> happened well before those statements. When unclear reports about Kojima, the game's writer, was leaving Konami, 
Once that information surfaced, Silent Hills unraveled. PT, which stands for Playable Teaser, Mike, was a game demo that was released on the PlayStation 4. Revealed Silent Hills in a dramatic fashion. The demo had players play through a repeated hallway solving difficult puzzles. Ultimately leading up to a fantastic reveal that Kojima, Del Toro, and Redis would be involved with the new game. If you haven't had a chance to play PT and are listening to this podcast... Good luck trying to find it, oh. as PlayStation has already removed it from the PS Store. Oh, man. Konami still has plans to release a Silent Hill game, but not with the big three that we thought we were getting. Now, for me, this is a big bummer, because I was excited for every aspect of this game. As you already know, I did a um, a horrible game. Well, I forgot what I... my Gore old games. Gore games. Gore games. Was. <laughs> Uh, I was super excited about this because the idea of PT, a playable teaser, to me was just, I mean, that, that's a cool idea. I think that's still the future of demos and uh, and how to release something so secretive like that. I mean, the hype was extremely high with those three, and it's it's... It's in the crapper. I mean, they will make another Silent Hill game. They have all the rights to that franchise, but they lost all the rights to those three guys that were going to make it what it was. And now it's no more, and it's just, I don't know, man. It's, it's disappointing for me, and I think it's disappointing for the, for the Silent Hill fans because we were going to get a good Silent Hill game again. as where the last few releases were below the bar and not that good. Um, and it stinks, uh, because, uh, I dug up some other information and it's since been deleted and I wish I would have done a screenshot, but, um, the Norman Reedus thing, um, you know, like I said, he, he was bummed about not being able to do it, but I read that Konami took too long and his contract kind of like this, uh, availability. I'm not sure what you would call that. Um, to where I guess an actor or an actress uh, gives a company, and this is because it's video games, and maybe it's like this for movies, uh, gives them like a window mm-hmm. um, to where it says, I, I want to do this. I, um, two years to make it happen or something. Yeah, and, and if you don't do it within this, this between this time or this that amount of time, uh, I can't do it. You know, I can't wait around forever. And I read an article that was since been deleted I, I tried to dig it up that said that um, that that was the reason for Norman Reedus because uh, the uh, <clears throat> the Kojima he was he was already out at this point and then the Reedus thing uh, I read that and I'm like well okay well you know now that now that's done and it seemed like uh, Del Toro was still really interested but he's like you, you know to this point why do it without the two guys that you wanted to do it with and. And for those of you who don't know who Kojima is, he's the writer for Metal Gear, for Metal Gear Solid. And if you've ever seen a Metal Gear Solid game, they're fucking crazy. I mean, they are out of this world. And to, for him to put his mind into a horror game was just going to be awesome. But no, we don't get that. It's dead. It's like it's officially canceled and... And it's, crazy. it's just a real big bummer. And, you know, he had three huge names that that just it's, it's kind of like a movie. You know what? I, I, this was 
all set up like a, a, a movie and it was you know playable teaser and just like a movie i should have expected it to, to to fail and cancel just like a just like a movie but there's nothing that the mm-hmm. that the fans can do and i watched you play that teaser too that's fucking awesome the the teaser i think because i it's I, the the video there's tons of videos on the internet um like i said they by the time um people listen to this it will be it will be off but wednesday which is tomorrow for us right now as we're recording this is when it officially goes off the playstation store and it's you know so if you've got it the people who are listening and you've already downloaded it keep it because there might be some kind of way to port that and give it to people <clears throat> me when they do get a ps4 so they will be able to play it and mike i suggest you download that uh tonight before it goes off the the, the air <laughs> oh man yeah i'll have to do that man that's a bummer it is bummer i remember hearing about that and it sounded pretty exciting so uh video games <laughs> just what you want to hear about <laughs> yeah Oh, well, thank you for some great killer news. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. It's awesome. Does anybody have anything they want to add? Anything else happening lately in the the, uh, world of horror for anybody? I have one more thing, but it's not part of my my killer news thing. It's, uh, I don't know. Did anybody else get to see the picture of the Joker this weekend? Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thoughts? Ideas? (laughs) People are freaking out about it, okay? Internet hates it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. All right. I, I'm i going to wait until I see the movie. Good idea, Terry. Thanks. <laughs> That's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just Mike's kinda full give, of opinions about it, but... I just, I just given up on the whole, like, I don't know, all the... All the, all the Having having an opinion on on stuff that that gets leaked, like the look of a character or an actor, an actor or whatnot, and I'm and again, I'm probably still more butthurt about the idea of Will Smith playing Deadshot, but that's just <laughs> that's yeah. just the the comic book geek in me. I just can't I can't see it, and it's not and it's not an issue of changing of the character. It has nothing to do with it. I just don't I don't know. I just don't see Will Smith playing that character. I'm <laughs> dead shot. That's what it would be like. Nice Will Smith impression. I tried. That was, that was something. It was awful. I know. I'm sorry. But that was just one picture, and people are freaking out about it. It doesn't even look real, though. People like it to looks, freak out. It looks highly photoshopped. Like, yeah. I, know Jared, I know Jared Leto's face pretty well, and his mouth. I think his mouth is photoshopped too. A, a much wider mouth. I don't think I, I, it, that to me just doesn't look realistic. But that, that's okay. I mean, if if I was trying to get people excited about something, I would try to definitely enhance it. But people are freaking out about his tattoos, and really, like ninety percent of the people in America who have tattoos don't have like a shitty tattoo or a bad tattoo. Like, come on. Is that the complaint that the tattoos are too nice? Because for me, it's just like. I don't see Joker as somebody having a tattoo. 
people see them as obnoxious, but you know, I've read read I've read comments of people saying that that according to the movie how it's set up, this is like prison Joker, and wouldn't wouldn't he have tattoos? I don't think so. I I <laughs> I would think like no, nobody would be brave enough to go near him with a needle. Yeah. Okay. Because they they'd be the ones that get stuck with it, you know. And, yeah. And and you know it's Hannibal. It's he's he is the funny version of Hannibal Lecter. Would you, would you allow Hannibal Lecter to get tattooed in prison? No. He took out some guys with a ballpoint pen for crying out loud, you know. So, yeah, it's not going to happen in prison. If it, if it happened at all, it would happen before he became the Joker. And and one of the great things about the Joker is that he is com- he is completely unidentifiable. There is nothing about him that you can link to who he was before he became the Joker. That's one of the beauty things about that character. It's as hmm. if his human persona never existed until he became the Joker. Cool. Yeah. So at least at least uh, my Joker. I know things are different in the new Fifty Two. Blah 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 whatever. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> your Joker. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, however I feel about the look of the Joker, or however I feel about whoever's playing Deadshot, you know what? I'm just gonna say to myself and to everyone else out there, get over it. Because I never thought I would live to see the day they were making a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think that was that would even be feasibly possible. Like the powers that be would think that that would ever be a bankable idea. And not saying it's not a bankable idea, but you're talking about you're talking about a group of B-list supervillains. <laughs> Being roped, uh, roped up, and forced to do suicidal missions for the U.S. government, you establish all of these characters that are that are like B-rate, C-rate characters from other co- the, uh, villains of superheroes. So I'm just I'm just going to be in awe on the fact that how they're going to pull this off, like. They're going to have to establish all these characters. Now, they're obviously not going to have to do much with the Joker. You know, he's pretty well established. Everybody knows who the Joker is, blah, 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 blah. But you also can't put the Joker in a movie like this without him being one of the highlighted characters of the team. Right. It almost seems like an excuse to get Joker on the screen again or Harley Quinn, you know, on there as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and and plus the fact that whoever thought you'd live to see the day where it's the supervillains are the star of the freaking movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, kudos. And and it's an amazing book and it's a great concept. And so I I just have a boner for the fact that they're making a movie at all. So. But let the movie speak for itself. Don't yeah. Be all uh, pissed off about a fucking picture, or Ben Affleck's gonna be Batman. Who gives a fuck? If the movie's yeah. good. It'll be good. Yeah, if you want to... If you let it be. If you want to hate it, make sure you see it before you hate it. I mean, yeah, not all comic book movies are golden, Green Lantern, but... (laughs) That was a fun movie. It was fun. But... (laughs) Not all of them... Not all of them are gonna suck, too. I mean, that... You know, I'm I'm all gung-ho for for Batfleck. I'm cool for it. That trailer looks freaking awesome. It does right? look pretty good. Yep. 
So anyway, so enough about comic books. Let's talk about comic books. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so horror-themed comic book movies. Here, who wants to start us off? That was a dumb question. <laughs> yeah, we know always Terry wants to do it. Sounds good. So, so Terry, what do you want? What movie do you want to talk about first? Oh my gosh, what are you guys doing to me? Start us off strong, no pressure, but <sighs> this could make or break the episode. Yeah, it's kind of all on you, but no pressure. Yeah, none at all. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle okay. up, folks. Are you gonna like shut up so no. I can speak now? Never. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. All right. Well, um, I watched a few different ones for this episode. I didn't get as many in as I would have liked, but I really I I watched one that I I really enjoyed called The Vault of Horror. Nice. Nineteen seventy three. I didn't know what to expect, but um, I really ended up enjoying it. Uh, it's kind of a segment sort of a movie. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever. An- anthology, yeah. Thank you. I was trying to search for that word. Thank you. Um, you've got uh, five different guys that um, get trapped in what seems to be the basement of some office building there they ride down in this elevator at the beginning and end up in this room with this table and they all sit down and they start talking about these crazy um dreams that they had that they all died in and they get kind of strange um Let's see. I'm trying to remember all of the different segments. Um, I don't even know. I know there's one with um, Tom Baker, who was one of the Doctor Who guys, where he's an artist, and he um, go delves into the voodoo world and has some voodoo priest bless his hand, and from then on, anything he paints he can use it basically as like a voodoo doll. Like he paints a portrait of someone and then he can cut it up and somehow they miraculously get cut up. Things like that. I don't know. There were, has anyone else seen this? I have not. No. I have. My issue is, is I, I get it so confused with tales from the crypt. Did you watch that one? I did, and I'm having the same problem too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. shit, which one was? And I think, like, were they? And even the wraparound, even the wraparound's kind of the same. Only Very like, similar. Yeah, because yeah. they both they both have like these people telling telling these stories, and then spoiler alert, you find out that they're actually dead and they're dead. like yeah. Yeah, on their way to hell or limbo or whatever. Yeah. Well, and were they were both. Like I don't, I'm not familiar with the actual comics. Were they written by the same people? Because I feel like there was something in the credits of the Vault of Horror that said something about Tales from the Crypt, but I didn't catch it. I didn't really go back and look for it. Well, the connection to comics is that uh, in the um, late '50s, '60s, there was a there was a company called EC Comics 
that was famous for like crime comics and horror comics. And actually, these are the comics that caused the whole like government getting involved with uh, with comic book content. And there was a book put out by some doctor guy, whatever, called uh, <laughs> "The Seduction of Innocence." I can remember the name of the book, but I don't remember the name of the author because he's a piece of shit and who cares. But basically just talking about how comic books are destroying our children because of the content in these comics and because uh-huh. because of this it goes to like it, 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 it goes to like the Supreme Court and stuff and then they come up with the comic book code, which basically the comic book code you had to submit your comics to the to the comic book code. Basically it's the MPAA of comic books. Where you had to submit your comic book content to to the people of the comic book code, and they would tell you whether or not you could, if this w- would get the approval of the comic book code. And there was and there was tons of crazy ass shit. Like you could not say uh, it got it got to the point where you couldn't you couldn't show blood in a comic. You couldn't use words like zombie in a comic and and, and crazy yeah exactly and crazy shit like that. Um, luckily, we live in a day and age with the comic book code. It's been long um, dissolved, but uh, but basically, thanks to the comic book code and thanks to all uh, the age of innocence and all that garbage, it basically it pretty much put EC Comics out of business. Like all those comic books just really dried up. And those those comics, honestly, though, were for that day and age, were actually pretty graphic. A lot of blood, a lot of like even on the covers, like decapitated heads, and you know, they were awesome comics. Um, and it was an anthology comic. Um, I don't know if there was any actual writers involved with the films, but those comics or those movies are are strictly influenced by like um, I don't remember. In Vault of Horror, was there kind of like a host kind of guy that? Because uh, in in Tales from the Crypt, there was there was the guy that was sitting in the chair in right. the big robe, and he called himself the Crypt Keeper. There was no host in Vault of Horror. It was just five okay. guys talking to each other. Okay, cool. Um, and the Crypt Keeper, who we all know nowadays is the is the uh, you know Muppet on Acid that um, <laughs> was on that TV show, but it actually was a character from from Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, and there was a couple others that all had like um, kind of like horror hosts per se that would start the off and be talking to the audience and that would lead them into the lead them into the story um, and um, uh, the crypt keeper was uh, was the one for tales from the crypts now he wasn't some crotchety old guy and he wasn't some uh, you know muppet on acid he was kind of like a half breed of, of those two designs um, but it really felt like uh, because of that character that tales from the crypt uh, was was more directly influenced um, from the comic. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry. I just jumped on uh, IMDb here and looked up Vault of Horror. It says um, Feldstein was one of the writers. William M. Gaines was another one of the writers. And well, those... those. It says that they're the they were the writing credits from the comics. Yeah, Screen, so screenplay was by Milton Sabotsky. So it sounds like maybe <laughs> that the stories that they used in Vault of Horror were dire- directly t- t- comics, but then like you know a screenwriter had to go and 
sure. make them adaptable for the screen. But uh, yeah, and and also fun fact: if uh, people are still wanting comic book geekness here, William G. Gaines, uh, William M. Gaines, was also the creator of Man Magazine. Which which um, also started as an EC comic book. It was actually originally in comic book form uh, before it before it switched to magazine format. Once they uh, developed the you know the uh, EC comics went belly up. So <clears throat> yeah, did that even answer the original question? Right? <laughs> I don't even remember what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, Baltimore, it was it was a lot of fun. And Tales from the Crypt is also a lot of fun. I think I feel like I liked Vault of Horror a little bit better. But oh, really? I was intrigued by by both of them. Like I had never I didn't realize, I guess, until we were getting ready to do this that there was a movie before the T V series for Tales of the Crypt. So that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. An interesting fact as well, if you remember in um Tales from the Crypt movie the final story which had i believe joan collins in it if i remember right where it was um the christmas one the christmas one with the killer santa claus Uh uh-huh that was remade as the very first episode of the tales from the crypt tv show oh that first episode of tales from the crypt tv show which was directed by robert zemeckis and starred um oh damn it uh the Oh, the guy from Dark Man, the Doctor Giggles. Oh. Somebody help me. Yep. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, he and he played the Killer Santa Claus in the uh, in the in the remake version. So nice. So I always thought that was kind of a cool nod to the original film, which I also believe was an actual story from the original comics as well. That uh, that was the first episode that kind of kicked off the TV show. So, yeah. Well, I was gonna say that 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 segment of the Tales from the Crypt was probably my favorite of all of them that they did. So that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've always kind of had more of a preference for Tales from the Crypt over Vault of Horror, but I think maybe maybe Tales from the Crypt more than I've seen Vault of Horror. It's been so long that I, I'm really having a hard time piecing together. Yeah, and I'm trying to, like, I keep flipping back and forth. I remember there was another story from Vault of Horror that I enjoyed that um, was about magicians. Like, there's a magician who travels, I think it's somewhere in um, Southeast Asia, and he's trying to steal some um, snake charmer's magic trick, because she's got, like, this rope that she can can make it move with... um, with her uh, instrument or whatever, her musical instrument. Mm-hmm. And he like murders her. And then like the rope comes back and kills him and his wife for murdering her. It was, Oh yeah. Okay. That was a fun story. I don't know. It, it had elements of comedy in it too. And it was just, oh, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Well, and if you really dig into it, I mean like these two movies were put out by a company um, kind of in the tradition of like Hammer Studios, it was a studio by the name of Amicus, which was like a I'm not sure what um, European country Amicus originally originated from, 
Um, I've always assumed the same as 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 Hammer, but uh, I don't know just because they've always used a lot of the same actors, like Peter Cushing and stuff like that. But Amicus, right. it seemed like it seemed like the majority of Amicus films were all horror anthologies. You know, besides Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horrors, there was one called uh, "And Now the Screaming Starts," which was another one. Um, that's the only other one I can remember off the top of my head right now. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Amicus. Um, so, like, if you see enough of those, you know, forget about trying to remember which one's which. <laughs> but the one that always stood out for me between the two films, Vault of Horror and Tales from the Crypt, was um, uh, the one with the guy that had to go down that hallway of razor blades. Uh, yeah. Be- being chased by that dog. Yeah, that was in. <laughs> from the crypt. Oh, yeah, I believe, I believe you're right. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because yeah. it's a hospital for the blind, and. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. And he's a dick to one of their friends, and the friend dies from like freezing to death in the middle of the night, and so they all take revenge on him. All these blind dudes, they build this crazy death contraption and sick his own dog on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, very, very crazy. And, you know, it's just uh, uh, like a torture scene long before the days of uh, um, Saw and stuff like that. <coughs> so, sure, yeah. I was trying to look up two other films Anarchist did, but I can't find it right now. I'm not going to dig too much. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So yeah, great movies, fun anthology films. I definitely, definitely recommend recommend them if you haven't seen them before. I mean, they're a little dated. I think like Tales from the Crypt was first, I believe. It came out in '72, and I think Vault of Horrors was '73. Yeah. <clears throat> and not as stylish and gruesome as the comics were. But uh, um, definitely, uh, definitely worth worth checking out. Still a lot of fun. Um, and and speaking of of being stylish and whatnot, that definitely is going to come into play further on with my discussion of comic book related films. So. Good ones to start us off with, Terry. Yeah, see, I did it. Way to go, Terry. Woo, you were awesome. So, so, speaking of anthology films, I know we've talked about it a dozen times, and it wasn't on our list, but I just feel the need to bring it up right now since we're kind of talking anthology. And I know we've talked about it a billion times, Dustin, but... I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Coming. Oh, yeah. But it, I can't help it, man. Creepshow is still hands down, even though technically it was a film before a comic book, but they did put a comic book out of it they after do. the fact. Yes, yeah, I have it. I, I do too, um, but still, Creepshow is still one of the best comic book movies that was never a comic book. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the best. I, I I've I've said so much about it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that I can say about it that I haven't already said. But it's the it's the best comic book come to life 
uh, on film for me, uh, horror yeah. wise. Yeah, and I don't know. Have we really dug into that too much? Probably, but have we really dug into that too much as far as like just how style stylish it is and how it really does have the comic book feel to it? Well, I'm sure we have. I honestly yeah, I don't probably. remember, but <laughs> but, just, but, just, but just but more than just the transition shots. Yes, he uses a lot of the like. Uh, dissolving from comic from a comic book page into the into the real life, um, yep. which is all great. Um, and then you have the other transitions of like where if you're switching a scene, it would cut to like a panel of a of a comic book page and then pan over to another panel of a comic book page. Mm-hmm. But it was it's more those other films have done that too, a la Swamp Thing. But I don't. I still don't feel like it is effective and really gives you the comp feel of Creepshow. And what a, a lot of what Creepshow does is one, the over to, over the top performances, just scream comic book, you know, comic book performances. You know, th- those are comic book characters brought to life in that mm-hmm. movie. And then you have like the lighting and the and the camera, especially the lighting. I mean, the lighting, the lighting is a character in itself in that movie. Yeah, that lighting is, when I watched it for the first time, is one of the first things I noticed, because I watched it at a very young age, is one of the first things that I noticed about it when I watched it, because it was just, it's kind of jarring when you're yeah. so used to certain, you know, lighting effects and, and how things progress in the movie, and then, <laughs> and you get this big, bright red background with, you know, almost like jagged lines going through, and it's just... Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it just you, you like it as soon as you see it. Yeah, and and it just goes to show that all of that stuff had to have been thought out through the entire production, and not an afterthought of like, okay, well, we'll throw in some animated panel swipes here or whatever to really give it the comic book feel. No, it was it was obviously thought out through the entire production. If if they're doing that kind of crazy stuff with the lighting, I mean, two of my favorite shots with the lighting is is one when um. When what's his name is there at the very end with uh, his daughter's head on the plate and in the Father's Day segment, yes, mm-hmm. and it just goes to like the super crazy lighting on his reveal, <laughs> yeah, and then like and then it shows like extreme close-ups of the other two characters um, as they are in total shock, and it's so it's so surreal out of um, out of reality those two close-up shots. Like there's no definitive background. It's just yeah. like a plain, plain color behind them, with like crazy light shining on them, you know, at a kind of a cockeyed angle, and it's just it's just awesome and brilliant. And then the second one, still one of my favorites, and I actually even stole this for Legend Has It, um, was is in the as uh, in the something tied you over. The Unless- second one is the lonesome death of Jody Farrell. Third one is something to tide you. Over. Oh, okay. Well, in something to tide. Well, oh, I'm saying my second favorite lighting shot. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's yeah. okay. Um, in, in something to tide you over, where um, Leslie Nielsen, he's in the bathroom, and he's at the door, and the the zombies are on the outside, and he and he's like, okay, you know, it must be okay as he starts to kind of back away from the door, and he does that quick turnaround. The camera pans over, and the zombies are right there, and <laughs> yeah. then it just. Instantly, just shoots like crazy reds and shit all over the all over the background, uh, in the lighting. I totally, I totally stole that in um, Legend Has It. Let, 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 let's go back to that part for a second because you know we talked about this movie a lot, 
and I know a lot of other people talk about it a lot, but nobody ever has a problem with what happens in that scene in the bathroom. No, because they are on the other side of the door, and then they're on the other side inside with him. <laughs> like, well, it's because it's it's obviously they're supernatural. These aren't like these aren't zombie zombies. These are like supernatural ghost zombies, <clears throat> right? And none of that is explained. You just no. got to roll with it. But like that's what makes it so good. Is yeah. that, you know, I don't think ever. I don't think ever once I've questioned that ever. I just watch it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you get in revenge. But that's the, well, and, that, and that's the scary part too. There's obviously no escape. Yeah, there's no escape. But um, but that just goes right into play with all those horror anthology comics back in the day. Everything was so out of reality. You would literally have just like. Um, <clears throat> I remember one. Okay, I'm gonna really go off on a tangent right now, um, uh, way off topic here. But I remember one of my uh, one of my favorite uh, stories from a horror anthology. I think it was from um, House of Mystery uh, back in the day, back in the '70s. Uh, it was about this guy who was a Ku Klux Klan member, <laughs> and and he got home from a Klan rally or whatever, and um, I can't remember his sense of urgency. I think maybe some. Some people were coming over to his house or something or whatever, but he goes to remove his his mask, his uh, his white hood, and there was another white hood on underneath, and he would start to panic because every time he pull it off, there was another one and another one and another one and another one, and and he's just freaking out, and then finally, um, it cuts to like a day or so later when somebody shows up at his house and they find him dead, uh, in his bathroom. He has clawed his own face off. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the, the hood thing was all just in, you know some supernatural illusion. And as he's pulling these hoods off, he's literally just pulling his face off. Whoa. Yeah. That's so, cool. I want to see that. Yeah, let's put that in a movie. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's our next movie. So, um, but th- that's some of the crazy shit and supernatural shit that would go on in these comics that obviously – is is in is uh done tenfold in creep show yeah so, yeah especially in that in that particular moment like they were gonna get his re- their revenge and leslie nielsen wasn't gonna do a damn thing about it <laughs> Stop yeah, it, so. yeah. <sighs> <sighs> don't call him shirley but yeah creep show is 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 still one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. It just never was a comic book first. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's weird to say in here, but yeah. you're you're right. <laughs> and that's another reason why I like it better than Creepshow too. Well, I mean, a lot of obvious reasons, but um, it just it it had a lot more of that style, that crazy you know like Italian slash comic book feel style. It, it it didn't have as much as the first one. As the first one did. That one really felt like it did rely on the afterthought of comic book transitions and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I like the I like the second one just as much as the first one. I think the second one, um, you know, not as many stories. That's and, another. That's another thing that hurts it too. I think is none none of stories. And you know, and, and almost all of those were supposed to be, or a lot of those were supposed to be in the first one. And it, you know, they, they just couldn't cram it all in there because that would have been it would. Creepshow is already kind of a long movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think you know that kind of hurt their sequel because then they only had those three stories and and you know it's not as long. But I think it's it's right on par. It doesn't have a lot of those uh, you know those lighting effects and things. But I think the charm of the first one, I think it's I think it's intact for me. It is. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I was all, but I was always also disappointed too that they introduce this horror host type character, the creeper, in, in Creep Show Two. Yeah. Um, and you see him in real life at the beginning of the film, but then the rest of the time he's animated. I was right. like, I wanted to see the real life creeper through the whole movie. Yeah. Well, the creeper is technically in the first one as well. Yeah, but it, well, but it's straight up just comic book imagery of the creeper in the first one, right? Well, just one shot of Stephen King's kid looking out the window, and you get that practical effect of the skull and in the robe. Yeah, the skeleton and, in the robe and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just then, but yeah, then then it immediately transitions into animation, and then the movie yeah. starts. Yeah, but that skeleton never. I mean. I mean, yeah, I guess he's a linking character when it cuts to the comic book stuff, but uh, he never spoke or anything. Right, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the Creeper was a literal host that was talking to the audience. Yes. So I would. Just, I just would have loved to see more than that. Because you don't ever really have that. I mean, we talked about Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, now Creep Show. Um, you never really have an anthology horror film that has a host that's hosting through the whole movie. You know, even like the modern Tales from the Crypt movies, Bardello Blood and uh, Demon Knight, Crypt Keeper shows up at the beginning and the end of the film, but never yeah. kind of throughout. Now, granted, that would probably be rather jarring in those particular films because it's one story straight through. But if they, I always thought they should do, with the Muppet Crypt Keeper, they should do a modern version of the old film where it's an anthology, where they're telling stories instead of just one, one storyline through the whole thing. Do it as an anthology, and yeah. then you can and then you can layer Crypt Keeper throughout between each segments. You don't really ever. I cannot think of a horror anthology film that that has that. I mean, the uh, most of them all have wraparound storylines, but nothing with like a, a, a connecting host that kind of. Uh, Hold your hand through the movie. So, not today. Not in any of the other anthology films. Yeah. Not in VHS. No. No. That might be considered hokey to, with today's audience. I mean, everybody thinks they're badass and can't be scared. And if you have a guy talking to you on screen, that just I think eliminates any kind of fear that that they might have. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. I Maybe. still think it'd be cool. Oh, well, uh, enough about Creepshow. You know, we we uh, definitely have talked about Creepshow plenty on this show. So. Yeah, we can close the book. <laughs> Until the, the next episode. The book. Next... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, uh, yep. what, about, what about you? Comic book-related... I don't really like comic books. What? I'm kidding. I know we couldn't be friends <laughs> if that was true. <laughs> Just kidding. You know what movie I like? What's that? 30 Days a Night. Nice. 
Me too. Yeah. Steve Niles, I believe, was the uh, author of the comic. I think that's yeah. right. Was it good? Did you read it before the I, movie? Honestly, no. I have still never read 30 Days a Night. Good, because I'm talking about it later. Oh. <laughs> oh. Spoiler for the show. Nice. Nice. What is it about 30 Days a Night that you um, like, Jason? It's, uh, uh, it's, it's bloody. Um, yeah, and there's nothing that's cooler than seeing massive amounts no, of blood. I love, I love the story. Snow. I love the concept. You know, of like the the monsters that come out at night in a place that's fucking night for days. For days. Yeah. What a great whoever put that together, Steve Niles, genius. Yeah, it, that's one of those ideas too. That's like, Holy how come no shit. one ever thought about that before? Mm-hmm. You know. It's, it seems so simple after the fact. It's like genius, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, oh, it's so obvious. But at the same time, I really enjoyed the cinematography. I, uh, I thought the, you know, I remember, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember the, you know, being, I, I liked a lot of the camera movement. I thought it was very, like, washed out, you know, um, yeah. until the red blood came which made it stand out even more and mm-hmm. um i don't know i was in it the whole time this the story just being trapped up there and trying to keep everybody safe from this person who's there to keep people safe and literally and um i remember like in the ending be- I thought it was because, like, it wasn't a normal Hollywood ending. Yeah. Right. And, it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was, like, one of the, not one of the first, but, like, it's it's an early one that I remember, like, not doing the Hollywood ending. I can't remember when this film came out. It's probably been a little while. But I was just like, whoa, there's a lead actor. Oh, fuck. There's a big name. They're going a different way. They're not making people happy. Look out. I like it, and I liked it for that. It was perfect for the movie. I thought the villains were scary. It was all good. I loved it. Came out in 2007, so... A little while. Yeah, you know what I love about this movie? What? The vampires are like scary and vicious and nasty look like not in such in such a long time can i think more of animalistic film. yeah 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 more animalistic for sure i cannot think of another film in recent history that uh, portrays vampires so scary and nasty and evilly and not sparkly Right? There's one movie that made them sparkly. That's not all of them. Every single movie <laughs> besides that, yeah. they've not been sparkly. So I don't think you get to say that just to be funny. So quit it. But there's there's still, what, four of them? It doesn't so. matter. It's one movie. you just trying to be funny. Well, Ter- Terry laughed. <laughs> uh. 
at you making me mad about trying to be funny. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm laughing at. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> just, vampires were cool on it. It's just saying. They were. Yeah. Right, Dustin? I agree. Yeah, the sharks, to me, are like... Uh, or the fucking... <laughs> I'm so dyslexic right now. The <laughs> vampires are like sharks to me. There you go. <laughs> because, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, they, just the way their mouths are, they're not like your typical, and their eyes, their eyes are, they're, they're black and they're, yeah. they're kind of like, you know, just, yeah, it, 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 they look like land sharks to me. And it was just a different kind of vampire. And I still like this movie. I think it still holds up even today. I haven't seen its sequel, which because yeah, um, I don't know—is this a comic book or like—is this like a full-on graphic novel? Thirty Days of Night, because I, from what I understood, I thought Thirty Days of Night, this movie, uh, from start to finish, is the entire novel, and I didn't know if they made any more. If the sequel, you know, was if they made you know another book and this was part of another book because if it sticks to Steve Niles um if that's the guy who wrote it if he if he wrote it, if he if they're sticking to his book then it I would hope that the sequel would be good but I've never seen it so I don't know yeah I haven't seen the sequel either and I can't remember I don't it may have just been the one story but I also also, it seemed like there was more to this. Again, I haven't read it, but I just remember seeing the books on the shelf. And it, and for a comic book, it was a thick book. So I don't know if there was a continuation from where the uh, from where the first story left off, or 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 maybe there was a part of the story that they they could tell for the sequel, or if the sequel is just completely unrelated altogether. Who knows? It just went direct. It went um, direct to video, though, right? It, it yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool means. Well, and I think I think I'm assuming I haven't. Um, I'm assuming that the second movie <clears throat> kind of goes in line with the comic book because it has the same title as the second volume of the comic oh. book, oh, Dark, okay. the Dark Days or whatever. I know that much. That's about all I know. So, but I, I would guess. Yeah, leave some comments, to. people who've seen the second one or read yeah, the comic. Let... I'd be, I've been too scared. The first one was so good. I didn't want to. I don't know. Just never went to it. Love to know more about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let us know out there. Oh, they will. <laughs> They're mouthy fuckers. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so you know how I said that the vampires in this movie are some of the scariest I've seen in, in quite a long time uh-huh. I can I can think of another one that also had some creepy ass vampires with some some major fucked up mouths and fangs uh-huh. and that, that was Blade 2 Electric Boogaloo no <laughs> no that's not it that's not, that's not it no <laughs> There was no boogalooing in Blade There was two. not. Man, I love this movie. Me too. Okay. You got Blade 1, Blade 2, Blade 3, which 
is the best? Jason. Blade 4. Dustin. I've only seen Blade, so Blade. <laughs> Terry. I'm trying to remember which one is Blade 2. Is Blade that the two. one? It was Wesley Snipes. Oh my god. Huh. That's good, Jason. Thanks. Is it with the big the... like Russian-looking guy? It has a uh, Tom, what's his name? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Was it good? I don't... Two stands out. It has to stand it, out. Well, one it basically. One is like, really good though. And one. I like. Good. And I don't hate three. I know you guys are haters. I didn't hate three as much as most people either. I thought it was fun. Still, I don't care. Um, two is the one where <laughs> he teams up with the vampires <laughs> to take on the reapers. Yeah. Which was like the the next breed of vampires that they were kind of they, they kind of looked at the at the reapers as almost like a, a disease within the vampire world because they were the reapers were the ones where their whole whole like bottom jaw was style mouth yeah yeah right. very freaking cool and they would not only hunt humans but hunt vampires as well so. Wesley Snipes had to team up with the vampires to take out the Reapers, and he um, there was that whole vampire um, uh, special ops group, you know, that had like Ron Perlman uh, yeah. in it and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since That's I've seen that. Awesome. It that one's that one's my favorite. That's my favorite, and it may be a little bit biased because that one was directed by Gilmero Del Toro. Guillermo. That's what I said. And uh, yeah. um, all three times he said it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I am such a huge fan of, of his and I thought the story was really cool. Oh wow, I'm on the IMDB page for it right now. Um, speaking of Norman Reedus, he was in the second one. I did not realize that. That's before I really knew who he all right, was. Right, good. A good tie-in to Killer News. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you who remember, he played Scud. Oh. Yeah, I I feel like that was kind of after the whole um what you call it, Boondock Saints. Like he was really popular in that movie and I yeah. remember him around being in that, I guess, but Nah, I I I really didn't truly discover who he was until Walking Dead because I didn't. I mean, Runeog Saints is okay, but I never really got the full cult fan base for it that a lot of other mm -hmm. people have. So mm -hmm. I just like it for the part where they shoot the cat. That was my favorite. <laughs> that is a good scene. <laughs> I remember yeah. the fight scene in front of like in this giant dancey club with this big like LED screen behind them, and it's like their silhouettes there's some really kick-ass action and I don't say that sentence ever yeah yeah in Boondocks no sorry in Blade oh. 2 you know that oh, okay. we're talking about the podcast okay I was yeah that's oh. what I thought I just want to make sure I was always <laughs> like my pitch. favorite character in these movies is always um Chris Christopherson yeah, yes he was for sure the best character for sure. Yeah, for sure. And just like his uh, don't give a shit attitude. And yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. So yeah, Blade Two. It's awesome. But have you? Are you familiar with those comics? Like. Yeah, a little bit. Blade started out as a character that was first introduced um, in the seventies in a comic book called Tomb of Dracula. Now, bearing in mind comic books in the seventies, well, I guess pretty much all pop culture in the seventies. Um, always kind of had a stereotypical view of um, African Americans. Um, so, of course, Blade, the original design of Blade looks nothing like he does today. Um, he, he, he actually had, I think, if I remember right, um, like green pants and a red jacket and a big old afro. So. What? Yeah, so, but he started out as, you know, obviously. Same mo, half half man, half vampire, sworn to take out all vampires. But his first mission was taking out Dracula in the in the tomb of Dracula, and he was, I mean, he he I guess you could quote unquote say he was the good guy, but the real hero of the book was Dracula. So, um, where Dracula was the was the protagonist, Blade was the antagonist, and I think he was only ever in a couple issues. And then that character disappeared from existence for dozens of years. I think he may have showed back up in some like Amazing Spider-Man comics, uh, trying to take out uh, uh, Morbius, the Living Vampire, and that and and that character. Um, but uh, yeah, he didn't. It, it's so weird that he is such a uh, such a secondary character like Blade had a huge successful film franchise. Really, before the whole explosion of comic book movies even so because up to that point you know your only other theatrical release marvel movie at that point was um um howard the duck so there you go <laughs> now is what fran um was spawn marvel no spawn was image image yeah Say, because he was. I mean, there's like, enough mid to late '90s. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. But that movie sucked. What? What? I love and, Spawn. Oh, it, my God. And the character sucks. So. No, it doesn't. I remember having a hard time watching it when I was younger, but I don't remember much of it. I. It was crazy. Just Tell crazy us. visuals and all over the. I don't. Even, it's Tell been so it. long. I cannot okay. speak well enough to it because I haven't seen it in at Carrie, least it's your a favorite decade. movie. Come on. What? <laughs> Tell us about it. Oh, no. Okay. I, I will not. <laughs> well, Jason, um, what do you like about Spawn? Um, it's bloody. I said that last time, right? Um, I was really, I, uh, I had a little comic book phase and that was definitely when Image had just come out. So I was, I was collecting comics definitely when Spawn 1 come out through a lot and then the toys and McFarland started making toys and that was cool and and I actually, I'm an even gianter, bigger fan of the HBO 
cartoon spawn that they did. Now that was awesome. Yeah, that was fucking awesome. awesome. If only the movie had the same same tone as that as that cartoon. Oh, yeah, but you can't. I don't know. I don't know if you could have. No, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. And, but... I, and I love John Leguizamo. And yeah. I thought he was a nasty yeah. little clown, fat clown. Yeah, he did. He was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, he's the most memorable to me. So I just had always known the character and the story, and I, I'd just been a big part of my life. So I, I remember, I mean, liking it just because I was like, "Sweet, there's a kick-ass, there's a movie about this coming out." And then I was also, and also a big fan of the soundtrack too, because I had those. Had that soundtrack? It's really good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? I remember that. Yeah. I don't remember what was on the soundtrack. Lots of good things. I mean, what, yeah. like, like tone-wise, what was it? Kind of more. Um, like, they did uh, a they did a crossover. The 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 whole soundtrack was a heavy metal band and a and like a DJ. Oh. So like every song was a new yeah. song was like, like the Chemical Brothers Chemical or something. Chemical Brothers with Deftones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Now that's coming back to me. So that, and 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 the music was just you know like there was hardly any bands really doing that. So it was like the first time that that kind of stuff was going together. So I remember that too. I I love it. I mean, there's some songs in there I love, and I. Have, yeah, what was the oh the one song on there? Uh, Trip like I do. Oh yeah, filter. Yes, that's with, such a good song. That's with the Chemical Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, and they and they made that song better. I think it was. They, like did. A, they did. Yeah, so that was really cool. I enjoyed that a lot, and, and so that to me helped the tone of the film, and then just being a fan of the comic. So I don't know. It was, yeah. Just to give you guys an idea, Incubus with DJ Greyboy, <laughs> Marilyn Manson with Sean Beaven, Silverchair, Metallica with DJ Spooky, <laughs> <laughs> The Prodigy with Tom Morello. I mean, this, yeah. yeah. A lot of good stuff on here. Was the that also? Method is what uh, I yeah. so. Same thing in the 90s. Same. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Was that also around the same time period of the movie Judgment Night? With, um, uh, I think it had Emilio Estevez and Cuba Gooding Jr. Because that, that's still one of my all-time favorite soundtracks. Where it was, it was uh, heavy metal bands with rappers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that have, like, um... Either Sutherland in it. Who's after him? Uh, Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dennis Leary was the yeah main bad guy in that. Yeah. It was also around the same time that the Crow one and two soundtracks were out, and those were those oh, had very uh, heavy bands, slash yeah. very like gothy heavy stuff. Yeah, had some great soundtracks. Those two and movies, and then the Lost Highway, maybe I don't know. Like, Lost Highway wasn't a good movie, but I remember I its remember soundtrack, soundtrack was way better. And like, 
Uh, Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails. That's where uh, The oh. Perfect Drug was on. Oh, cool. Um, and like David Bowie. It's really good. The Crow. Would Crow kind of fall into horror a little bit? Because that was a comic book. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, rises from the dead, gets revenge. Sounds like yeah, a technically scene. he is a zombie. Yeah, yeah I mean... I, I just think know, it has more elements for sure. Has anybody seen that movie in like more recent times? Because I haven't seen it forever, but I, I remember loving that movie. It's freaking awesome. But it's never been one that I've ever gone back to watch. Mm. Which, The Crow? Yeah, The Crow. Yeah, it's still... I mean, I haven't watched it recently, but... I still remember, you know, a lot about it. I barely remember it. In Revenge movie, I mean, he's he's brutally murdered him and his girlfriend or wife or something at the time. And yeah, I wonder how well it holds up. I mean, yeah, it was probably good because you know it was definitely it a, probably a, holds up better than Spawn does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, okay. Um, well, yeah, because definitely that movie, uh, The Crow, it just felt like it was a um, kind of a sign of the times kind of movie, too. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. I just don't, I'm just curious. I may have to go back and watch it. And holy crap, they did a ton of sequels to it. Oh, yeah. There's, uh, there's Crow, wait. There's more than one sequel. I only knew of one. I only thought there was one too, but no, I, I'm seeing three. Yeah. Oh my God. Four listed here. <laughs> There's one with Edward Furlong and Dennis. Oh. Yeah, that I would think that was that was one of the last ones I think. One with Kirsten Dunst in it. Yeah. What's happening? So there was Crow City of Angels. That's not the first one. No, that can't be the first one. That was the second one. Okay. Yeah, that was. Then Wicked Prayer. And then, well, wait, this isn't in order. There's Crow City of Angels, Stairway to Heaven, uh, oh, wow. Salvation, which is the Kristen Dunst one, which I think actually was even uh, even took place in the future, if I remember <laughs> reading right. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, it was like a future crow. And then Wicked Prayer. But I, I still don't see the one that even has Edward Furlong in it. Maybe they so removed it. <laughs> and we're talking like strung out Edward Furlong, so it, it was kind of a chubby in the face. Uh, um, Edward Fur uh, Crow looking. Gosh dang it! How many Crow movies are there? I need to know. Crow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tom oh, how, oh, how come nobody nobody's ever done a parody of that? Have the, row, have the oh robot crow with the face paint on. Oh my god! Wicked dude. prayer is the the Edward Furlong. Oh, wicked got, prayer. Yeah, it's got Tara Reid in it as well. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man. that's like movie that's night. So sad. <laughs> is, that, is that the movie that they that they discovered drugs and alcohol together? Maybe <laughs> that have been. <laughs> wow. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, I have to see it now. <laughs> if you watch it, watch it for Dennis Hopper. Holy cow, he's the best thing in it. 
Oh, you've seen it. Oh, yeah. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Dustin puff his chest out. He's ready. Yeah. <laughs> is it as is, is bad as it sounds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Almost be sure he's in it. I don't see his name in the credits list, though. Unless he got... He's like the bad boss at the end, but maybe he... Nope, here he is. He's El Nino. (laughs) 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 El Nino. Yeah, I don't know why he rented this one night, but I remember it was awful. I know, like, he, like, after he comes back from the dead, he, like, comes out of a fridge. So I don't know, like... What? Yeah, I can't remember. Like, refrigerator. Like, (laughs) oh, Tito Ortiz is in it. Holy cow. Oh, my gosh. This is just a big, huge. Danny Trejo, of course. He's in every movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I might have to give Wicked Prayer another chance. I'm sorry, guys. I think you need to, and then it should be a future Everything Horrible episode. Maybe. Maybe. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. Okay, but someone seriously needs to do a Halloween costume where they are a crow from Mystery Science Theater. With the face paint? As as the crow. (laughs) If someone does that, I will give you a million dollars. No, I won't. But you should do it. (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah, a million dollars. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh man, I I love too how we have all established that. What was the name of it again? Wicked what? Wicked prayer. Wicked, wicked words. Wicked prayer is <laughs> just sounds like it's a horrible movie, but all we've talked about is who's in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> such a stigma with those actors that it doesn't matter what the movie's about. We just know it's the worst thing ever. I, I, it's the same premise. He something happens and he comes back, but it's oh man, I'm trying to remember as much as I can about it. But I, I the spirit boy, of the I, crow brings you back. It's not the guy. Yeah. <laughs> man, I just man, whatever happened to Edward Furlong? There was a time where I just if I knew Edward Furlong was going to be in a movie, I was like all about it. I used to love that kid, like T two T two. Uh, yeah. brain, brain Scan. You guys ever seen Brain Scan? I love Brain Scan. That's a oh. video game movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Um, you know, John Waters Pecker. So That's um, good. Yeah. You know, American he, History X. American oh, History huh. X. Yes. He had a streak, man. He, he, he was He was awesome, and then he just derailed so hard to the point now we're making fun of the pro movie he's in. Yeah. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> You know, and I even really liked Pet Cemetery too. Oh yeah, I, I own that. Well, I own them both, but I own that one. I know not too many people like that movie. Well, I mean, I get it. I understand why people wouldn't like it because it's you know, it, it's it's not the first movie, you know, and that that movie didn't ever deserve a sequel, and there was you know there wasn't any Stephen King material to base the second movie on. But I still really liked it. I, I like the idea of continuing this this concept of burying humans in this pet, this uh, mystical pet cemetery and pet cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't 
tried to bleed it dry, and you know we don't have like five sequels by now. Oh. Yeah, that's probably that's probably thanks to the second one. I mean, I don't know how it did financially, but it couldn't have done that. You know, you, you remember who else is in that? You yeah, who plays the dad in that movie? Doctor. Um, yeah, Doctor. <laughs> Giggles. You you go you go straight for ER references. I yeah. go straight to Revenge of the Nerd. <laughs> the nerds, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anthony Edwards. Thank yes. you. I couldn't think yeah. of his name. Yeah, Anthony Edwards played the dad in that. <laughs> the Clancy guy. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Clancy. Oh, sh- Clancy Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the information in front of you. You just have to. You just. It's fun, fun guess. listening to you guess. Jason, I'm always very cautious because I worry you're going to yell at me for typing without muting my mic. So I, I keep my IMDb searching to a minimum. Uh-huh. Besides, besides, library of movie knowledge in this brain, I have to keep it exercised. Yeah. Have to stretch it out every once in a while. That's right. Clancy Brown is the name, Mike. Yeah, Clancy Brown. And, um... Yeah, and he's awesome too, and everything. He sure is. Isn't he? Isn't he the voice of um, Mr. Crab in SpongeBob SquarePants? He yeah. sure is. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? SpongeBob SquarePants? We've we've Always derailed every time. Comic books. Yeah. So hard. <laughs> SpongeBob comic. <laughs> we derailed. Dustin hasn't picked a movie. Yeah, it was a creep show. Oh, that's no! I cheating. picked it. I picked it for you, Dustin. You should have no, to pick. It. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> let me see. Might have used up your good ones. <laughs> the creep show was my good one. Uh, hold on. <laughs> he went to look at the list. It's like Hellboy and Constantine. I don't think he's seen any of the left left on the list. <laughs> well, we're, while we're waiting for Dustin, um, Terry, you said you did some marathon, and what else did you watch um, to prepare for this episode? Um, I didn't say marathoning. I said I tried to watch some. I heard the word marathon. I don't think I did say that. So, Pretty sure. So basically, you um, said. You watched a couple of them, and you slept through most of what you watched? What? No. You pulled a mic? Okay. I actually did not sleep through either Tales from the Crypt or Vault of Horror. Wow. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> Good for you. I was... I was... Oh, man. I was going to watch Cemetery Man. Oh, Terry. I've seen it before. Oh, okay. I was going to oh, recap okay. it. I was like, oh, yeah. Because it's been forever since I've seen it. But, yeah, no, I didn't watch as many as I would have liked. I also was going to watch Swamp Thing, but I figured we wouldn't talk about it too much because we talked about that last episode. I I would have talked, I would have probably brought it up if I would have had time to watch it. Because I did want to rewatch it after our last discussion on it. And I just, I didn't have time to get it watched. So. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay. Well, we could save Cemetery Man for another episode because I'm pretty sure that movie's going to get brought up again. Oh, it should. It better. Because <laughs> it's awesome, right? Such yeah. a good movie. The only thing I want to say about it is I would love to be able to the original comics. 
Yeah. I mean, I never knew it was a comic book till well after. So. Yeah. And it's written by the same, I don't know the guy's name, the same guy who did Dylan Dog. Did anybody ever see Dylan Dog? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. It's been how, a while, but... How is it? Because I haven't seen it. I really enjoyed it. I kind of watched it on a whim back when I was working at Family Video and it had come out and I didn't really know anything about it, but I thought it was really quirky and fun. I enjoyed it. Now, he's kind of a, uh, and this is probably why I didn't watch it, but he's kind of a Constantine-type character. Or tell us Um, about Dylan. I I guess I don't know enough about Dylan. I guess I don't really remember Constantine well enough to compare, but he's like a a supernatural PI, sort of. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, He, like, hunts down. He's just like a detective hunting down weird shit okay but it's it's kind of it's more i think it's more of a comedy horror i remember it being yeah. a lot of fun and just kind of silly i Did all have- i remember about the, the main actor like is um you guys have seen scott pilgrim right yeah it's brandon, brandon roth yeah it's the guy that's super vegan well and superman Oh, well, I've never watched any of those Superman movies. What? Superman Returns, <laughs> Terry, it's so good. Anyway. I've never, oh I've God. never been, I've always been a Batman person. I never oh really watched God. much Superman. Well, you need to at least watch that one because Brandon Roth's from Iowa and you need a home state represent. Uh, my home state's Illinois. Oh, that's it, Terry. <laughs> really pushing it. I thought I knew you. <laughs> Dropping all kinds of bombs on me tonight. <laughs> this is bullcrap. Sending Mike right back to therapy. <laughs> Where he belongs. I, I never left. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> oh, my pen. Okay. Where'd Dustin put his list? Like, <laughs> I know. Where'd at the go? store? Where is he? I really. Uh, oh, there is. I'm, I'm here. It's just uh, I haven't been. Still can't find anything. I can't find anything that I that I've seen. Unfortunately, I was really I was really bummed. Like I wanted to find the Dylan Dog comics and try to like read those for my segment. That was the one that I was gonna do, but they're really hard to get a hold of for some reason. Yeah. Why? I, I, I don't know why either. You know, it's the same thing with the with the cemetery cemetery man stuff. You know, yeah. that writer, I can't find any of the stuff. I don't remember writer's name. But. Well, I feel like, wasn't that, it was like an, a, an Italian comic or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because um, cause, uh, Cemetery Man, which it's a, the actual comic book name, which is the original name of the, the Italian name of the movie. Yeah. Uh, De, De La Morte De La More, and And it's an Italian film, so. Right. Yeah. But I think Dylan Dog was an American production, though, wasn't it? Oh, for the sure. Movie? Okay. It had to have been. <laughs> Just yeah. Okay. Definitely American. I don't know if the comic, where the comic originated from, though. But for some reason, it's really hard to get a hold of, even with all my librarian back back alleys and things that I can oh. find things. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, what else, guys? 
What other movies? What else is on the list? On the things, movies on the list that I, well, I'm not looking at our list, but just, you know, like a Google list here. A lot of the things that have been on my must-see list for like a really long time, like Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen either of the Hellboy movies. Um, yeah, I just, I just, uh, Priest, I don't know if anybody's seen that, or... Yeah. Was it, was yeah. that a comic? It's not really good. Yeah, oh. it's not that good. I didn't realize that was a comic book. I wanted it to uh, be. And maybe my list that I'm looking here is incorrect. I, no, it probably, I mean, even me being a huge comic book nerd... I'm always surprised to find out certain properties were originated from comics. So, like R.I.P.D., I didn't know that was a comic book first. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> La di da. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad the movie was kind of shitty. Was it? Oh, I thought it looked good. I was so excited. I to did see too. It. I love Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges. So I was like, oh hell yeah, yeah. it's all right. It's like men in men in black but with ghosts. It's it's a little I don't know. I'll I'll let you watch it and make your own judgments. I'll shut okay. up. <laughs> um I can't believe you've never seen the Hellboy movies, Dustin. Those are awesome. Especially the second one. The second one is so good. Like, it's visually amazing. Yeah, I just and, uh never got around to watching them. Doug Jones. He's so awesome in those movies. I get it, Terry. I'm a piece of shit. Just let me sit yes. here. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Ghost Rider movies? Well, yeah. yeah, that's awful. I've seen, I've seen the first one. I never watched the second one. I was telling those guys about it last weekend that I watched it, and I remember I, I didn't have, I didn't plan to watch it. But I walked in uh, to somebody's house and they were watching it, and I remember just laughing my ass off at it because yeah. it's Nick Cage, and he's like trying to be so serious, and <laughs> you know, if you're in his position, you want this to work so bad because everybody at that time wants to be, or and even now still wants to be in one of those superhero franchises that might last for like three or four movies, and you know, <laughs> and it did last for two. But he's trying so hard, and he's he's just he's so far off the mark. And I don't know anything about Ghost Rider. Uh, I, I would assume if you're a Ghost Rider fan, you probably probably would have liked it. I don't know. It seemed like it had a lot of hokey stuff in it that was just way over the top, and and I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, it's Nick Cage. Come on. And Ghost Rider is is a Marvel character, right? I'm pretty well, sure. I don't know. I, I think really it don't is. Know. I don't I think know it is. <laughs> but I don't. I remember I've seen the first one, and it's not my favorite thing ever. But it definitely has watch quality for laughing. I guess I just remember crack. Yeah. I don't. There's like one. I don't even remember what it was. For some reason, something, some scene at a bridge was just super hilarious. I don't remember. I do. It has um, Sam Elliott, so that always has points for a movie because Sam Elliott is friggin' awesome. But that's about isn't all I remember. Isn't like Peter Fonda in this as well? 
Yeah, I think he's like a villain. Isn't that just like? <laughs> shouldn't that be that like, like taboo? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where where did he think this would be a good idea? Hey, I was in a motorcycle movie once. It's probably one of the best motorcycle movies ever. Why don't I star in this piece of shit? Well, you know. And it is a Marvel character, by the way. I wonder... I feel... I don't know if I'm not um, well-read enough on the Marvel Comics universe to know how he plays into Avengers and things like that. I don't know if he'll be involved in any of that or not, but... Yeah, I don't know. You think don't at all at some point? I mean, characters intertwine in the Marvel universe. Yeah, well, they have all of those um, legal issues between, um, well, I guess now Disney that owns Marvel, and then um, the company that owns all of the X Men characters. You know, battling it out, and so I've heard I've heard about the big battles. But that doesn't really have anything to do with horror, so. Uh, but um, that's okay. We're still in the comic book realm here. It's yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. There's supposed <laughs> to be a big battle between like. Um, the Civil War is how it's called. Right? Yeah, the Civil War. Like some, like some of them wanting to become kind of mainstream, and others wanting to kind of stay hidden, and right. They fight about it, and bleh things happen that I don't really know. <laughs> There's comic book listeners right now who are strangling themselves listening to us talk about this. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no! That's so wrong! Oh my god! Please, just stop! I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. We really are. We're just going with what we know. We probably should not step on the Marvel toes and just continue. Right, yeah. <laughs> But it'd be interesting if the the Ghost Rider character was brought into those, though. And I don't know. Hopefully, if they do, it is not Nick Cage. No offense, dude. But <laughs> let's, I'm telling let's Nick not. Cage you said that. Oh. Who would you have? You know, because there'll probably be another Ghost Rider, and it'll probably get rebooted. Just I'm so sure. intertwined. Who would be the best best actor or actress? For Ghost I don't know. There are lots of possibilities. Way Someone... to dodge the question, Terry. Good job. Uh, I mean, <laughs> anybody I is better than Nick Cage, but <laughs> anyone. <laughs> like, don't want. I mean, you probably wouldn't want uh, you know Tobey Maguire to be him, you know. But no, he would still be better than Nick Cage. What about your Tom Hardy? Mm. Yeah, okay, I'd be down to that. But mm-hmm. uh, not. He's gonna be Mad Max. So <laughs> oh yeah. Just, yeah. How are you Actually, not? The first person that came out. to mind was Dan Stevens, who you guys probably don't know who that is. You're right. <laughs> um, he was in Downton Abbey, and he was in that new movie, The Guest. It's a horror movie. Which I actually rented like a week ago and never actually got around to watching. So I don't know why I'm talking about it now, but he seems like he would be a good fit for that. And he's an awesome actor. I've never seen Downtown Abbey. Downton. <laughs> there's no. 
There's no second W. Oh my god. I feel like that was intentional. <laughs> I feel like it was too. But it's alright. <laughs> what about Vampirella? Has anyone seen that? I remember seeing yes. the cover when I used to work at the video store and I stayed clear of that one. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> I told this story before. I'll tell it again because it's pretty funny. I remember when Mr. Movies here in our town was going out of business. They had a VHS sale. Uh-huh. And, you know, you can get, like, a VHS for, like, 50 cents. It was ridiculous. And you just pick up a bunch. And, and I remember Vampirella, which my buddy uh, Jared, who's really big into comics, he picked it up because, it, you know, it was just – he'd never seen it before and he'd never heard heard of it before. And uh, so we picked it up and we took it home and watched it. And I remember <clears throat> uh, we're watching the previews at the beginning of the movie, the uh, you know coming attractions or whatever. And they start showing the, this trailer and it's another vampire movie. And it's one of those trailers that show like beginning to end what happens. It showed – the villain dying it showed you know like what happened and we're like oh well shit and at the end of the trailer it pops up vampirella what? and we're like what the fuck <laughs> are you serious oh my god and then we're like okay no 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 no, that's another vampirella movie because it doesn't really show on the back of the box or on the front as to what you know who's in it or whatever and we start watching it and god damn it it shows the exact same thing in that movie or in the movie that it did in the trailer it was just a shortened version of the movie right before the movie wow. it was complete bo- we didn't watch it we're like well we don't need to now we fast forward it and try to find some, <laughs> try to find some boobies but yeah. i mean it was you know we just didn't uh, we turned it off it was it was too bad it was uh i don't even remember oh i think pete townsend not pete townsend uh the lead singer for The Who is... Roger Daltrey? Yeah, he's in it. What? I'm almost positive he is. He plays a he plays a guy that's in a band that um, is trying to seduce or trying... Uh, he's the villain. And it shows him dying in the trailer. And uh, he... I can't, I can't remember what he tries to do. Oh to, my god, to, uh, he totally is. Yeah, but he's in a band and he sings and stuff too. So his name is Vlad. Vlad. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard. Of that. <laughs> but I remember he's in it, and it uh, it was just bad. It was just oh we didn't goodness. even watch it. So I think I think he still has the VHS just to just for just for that purpose, just to say, hey, check this out. You remember this? <laughs> that was some bullshit. <laughs> But you can't go wrong when it's like 50 cents. Just got to remember next time to fast forward or not rewind all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That came before the movie. I remember, what was it? Yeah, it was, uh, I had never seen I Know What You Did Last Summer. And mm-hmm. on. I remember we rented the VHS and I was super hyped up about it. And the first trailer on that was the sequel to the second one. Like, well, shit! What? Now we know what happens. Oh my gosh. 
Like, that should not happen. There's got to be some quality control. They don't care. Wow. And who knows? Maybe VHS back in the day was just like it had, you know, a company had its trailers and it just plastered them on the front of every one of their movies. Didn't care which one it was. And All right. Ship it out. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we had seen every. I had seen everything that was less on on the list for me, but there's there now now there's definitely nothing left for me. Yeah, the only other thing I had I wrote down was from hell, and I couldn't remember if I saw it. But. Oh, that's the yeah. I've seen that one. That's a MJ Depp, Johnny Depp, Jack the Ripper sort of a thing, right? I think that's it, and I have not seen it. Okay. Oh, that's a good movie. I don't. I'm trying to recall. It has um, Heather. What's her face in it? Oh. Heather Graham. Oh. Right? Is that? Yeah, Heather oh, Graham. That's right. Heather. What's her faces? Heather Graham. You're right. Boogie Nights. Heather Graham. Gorilla Girl. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Figured that's how everyone would remember her. No, no, no. no. Austin Powers too. Yeah. There you go. It's a good, good movie. Man, I'm seen for hell and forever. And I thought I owned it, and I went to go to watch it, and I'm like, oh, I don't. Good story. Yep. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what you get. All right, so what did I miss? What did we talk about? What? You were here the whole time. Damn it, the illusion is gone. <laughs> we had him fooled. <laughs> yeah. We talked about uh, Ghost Rider and Vampirella. <laughs> Vampirella. <laughs> Weren't you the one, Dust? Did you say you were the one that watched that, right? Yeah. I just I just told a story about how they showed yeah. the trailer at the beginning of the movie. That's right. The trailer showed everything. That's right. What was that? Nothing. Never you mind none. <laughs> so, Terry, you seem to be... Um, you were doing research when I um, first put up the list, and you were inquiring about Faust. Did you see it? Uh, no. I didn't find it. Probably couldn't find it. Find it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, there's no such thing as a good one, considering that movie. <laughs> So, for those out there who don't know, I'm talking about Faust. It was um, directed by Brian Usna, the, uh, the guy who produ uh, produced um, Reanimator, and I think he directed the two Reanimator sequels. Um, he also directed Society. Anybody ever see Society? Every day. Okay, no, you not would, the movie. You would, you would know exactly what I was talking about if I if you had seen it, because it's 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 a trippy film, very trippy film. Um, people with like uh, uh, faces on their asses and stuff like that. So uh. <clears throat> anyway, that's not Faust. What Faust is is a comic book. It was put out by an independent publisher, I think, by the name of North Star, and beautiful artwork by this guy by the name of um, Tim Vigil. The artwork is awesome. I mean, this this, this art predates 
the Todd McFarlands of the world and stuff like that. So it was like this like super detailed, beautiful art long before you know like detailed art was was a thing. And it was a black and white comic. He basically was kind of, sort of, on the surface, kind of a Wolverine ripoff because he had this—he has this kind of like devilish mask with these like big red horns on it, which again, silhouette-looking, would kind of resemble Wolverine's mask. And then his weapons were these two protruding, um, uh, like um, Wolverine claws that came out of his forearms, like two on each arm, instead of like four, it was just two, and they were like twice as long as, as Wolverine's, and he was just, you know, these big pig stickers, um, and it was a very graphic comic, there was like a ton of gore in it, a lot of nudity, a lot of sex in it, it was a very adult-oriented comic book, so you would only find it like on the, on the adult shelves at your local comic book store. Or in the adult comic book boxes, where they would usually put like a piece of paper over the front cover, because the covers were always extremely bloody. The brown paper bag treatment. Exactly. <clears throat> so it was a great comic. Not a ton of structure or story. It was all just about the violence and the gore, and there was a lot of like satanic tone throughout it. Because I think basically he was a superhero. I'm not, I don't know exactly 100% his background, but he was a superhero that uh, it was kind of a, um, what's the Bill Paxton movie um, where he fights demons, but they're not really demons, or Twister. are they? Yes, Twister, exactly. It's kind of like Twister in the fact that he um, <laughs> believes that everybody he sees, or, or all the evil in the world, is actually are actually yeah, demons. Uh, man, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Frailty. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Frailty. Um so so everybody like drug dealers and rapists and all these all these people that Faust um hunts down and kills, he sees them as demons. So the movie is like basically it's a poor man's spawn the movie. It's not um it's just really bad. The outfit looks cheesy as all get out. I mean, you saw that picture, Terry. Um, the, yeah. the the cover. Um, it definitely definitely comes off as extremely low budget. The budget, to me, is the equivalent of the never released Fantastic Four movie. If anybody's oh, ever seen my that. God. Okay, nobody has. Yes. No. Um, the Roger Corman produced Fantastic Four movie from the eighties. Nobody? So bad. It's awesomely bad. Like, how they portray um, Mr. Fantastic doing his stretching powers <laughs> is so awesome. Because it's all, it's all like, Practically, arm, yeah. It's, it's arm POV shots anytime he stretches out his arms. It's like the camera is set up on his forearm, and they just, they just run across <laughs> the room with the camera Brilliant. strapped to the forearm. To make it look like the arm stretching out. It is brilliant. It is brilliant. Anyway, so that's the Fantastic Four movie. So so we're talking that level of effects in Faust. This extremely bloody graphic full of like gore and demons and sex and all that. And like, you know, all the sex and nudity is like not not in the film. 
the gore is very mild mannered in comparison. Um, and you know, and the demon effects are like just are really shitty. So it's a it was a major disappointment for me being a fan of the comic and wondering how are they going to uh, pull this content off in this film without it being like an X-rated film, really. Um, and it's it's just really bad. So you're better off, Terry, not seeing the movie. So dodge the bullet, not finding it. It's kind of hope. It's kind of hoping you would though. There's, you know, I'm kind of sadistic that way. <laughs> You're something. So what do you think? <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah. You know, a last minute thought. Um, oh man. What? Chicken butt. Nice. <laughs> um, a last minute movie thought right before we started recording. I um, kind of almost want to put Sin City on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly because it's one of my all-time favorite comic book movies. But, you know, there's there's some horror elements in there, especially with Eliza Wood's character. He is uh, creepy yeah. as oh, hell yeah. in So there. good. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we won't get too much into it, because that's about as far as any horror-related content, really, is concerned. But. So, do we want to get into the Hellboys? I know Dustin hadn't seen them, but we really didn't dig into them too much. Do we want to get into Go the Hellboy movies? I don't mind. So the Hellboy movies are good. Heck yeah. They're awesome. Also done by Del Toro. Has anybody ever read any of the comics? What's well, so funny? That you're just skipping the first name now. It's so funny. <laughs> I did too at the beginning of the the new segment. I mean, that's that's who I was talking about. Guillermo, the two L's is it's an. Never mind. Gilmero. If you go back and listen to previous episodes of the show, you will see that I consistently skip over his first name. Yeah. I attempted it tonight, and it and was what you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's right back to just Mr. Del Toro. All right. Guillermo. The two L's are like a Y. It's an L-E-A. Guillermo. Guillermo. I just don't think I'm physically capable of saying that oh, word. Guillermo. <laughs> but it hurt. Oh. It kind of it stung a little. Back so in my youth. So Hellboy. <laughs> I was, I, I definitely, I, I was much more of a fan of the first one than the second one. Not, not oh, that really? the second one's bad. Not that the second one's bad, but it definitely has a different tone to it. That I mean, I, I, I personally um, connect with the tone of the first movie more than the second one. It kind of felt like the second one was going more into a fantasy, kind of a kind of a oh, fantasy sure. kind of, than than the more of the the horror and all that that the. That the first yeah. one seemed to have. Not that the first one was really horrific, but it had more of those um, H.P. Lovecraft ones and, and and kind of um, you know still funny and 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 everything, but a little bit more of a darker tone than the second one. Felt more f- uh, fantasy with a lot more elaborate fantasy style monsters. But the bad dude like, in the second one is so bad. I don't remember the bad. The fucking the leather sand guy. Right. Oh shit! I don't remember him. He's like fucking bad ass. Oh, damn it! 
I can't remember. I, it's not, what I'm it's not coming back to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not coming back to me. He has, like, alcohol. blades for hands yeah. or something. Okay. Yeah, okay. He's okay. like a super fighter. Yeah. Like, you, you stab him, and he's, like, made out of sand. I mean, both movies are really that's awesome. The, but the clockwork guy? Yeah. He's from the first one. No. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't even. <laughs> oh, the second one's. No. There There's was a lot of like, gold in the second one. Because I, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's the big gold, the big army that they awake. Right. I don't. See, I don't yeah, because I don't Sand remember the main bad guy. Yeah. 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 But there was that whole Nazi connection to, in the first film. And and right. and I and I remember the clockwork guy was was part of the whole Nazi in those yeah. in those beginning shots he of uh, during World War Two when they first discover the Hell Boy as a infant, um, uh, the clockwork guy was there. Yeah, for sure. That's right. <clears throat> I need to revisit these because they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm not remembering the second one now very well. Yeah, I remember the, like the prince and the princess. Yep. Yeah. No. And they're awakening the big army of crazy. No. I just remember things. the big puzzle ending type thing. Yeah. And I don't know how much of the second movie is is taken from the comics, but there's a lot of elements from the first movie that's straight from the comic books. Like there is a lot of like well, basically Hellboy's origin is completely taken from the comics and there's a lot of like nazi nazi imagery with within the entire run of that comic um and and all the offshoots of the comic too there's a there is um several different comic books based in that world that uh mike um i'm trying to remember how to say this guy's name mike uh mangola's he's the writer and artist for hellboy the creator of hellboy and he did several different. He's got a unique uh, style. Has anybody actually like read or even just seen a Hellboy comic book? Nope. I've seen. He's got a really unique style to him. He uses a lot of like, um, he uses a lot of shading in his art, which I, I I really like. But he's got a bit more. I mean, it's it's not. Um, I don't know how to describe his his art. It's it's not like a super detailed, fancy. You know, realistic-looking art. If that's, it's, I don't know uh, really. it's a different kind of art. Yeah, surreal. It's, it's kind of yeah. arty. Sure. <laughs> he just uses a lot of shading, and he's and his his art isn't like he's not going for a lot of realistic human detail. Um, uh, it's definitely a little more on the cartoony side, but darker and creepier but anyway uh, I mean even in the comic book um, the fish guy what's the fish guy's name um, Abe, Abe Sabian Abe Sabian <laughs> he even looks creepy in the comic book in comparison to obviously how he is in the films so but um, he's the best oh he yeah he's the best you know what my favorite part of the original movie is and this was actually taken from a whole separate a whole separate storyline from the comic book they did this in the comic book, but that um, that 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 scene where they're in the cemetery and they're 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 going on the final big mission and they have the um, they have like a, a bunch of the a bunch of the guys from the bureau there with them going on the mission and they need a guide 
to get them to where they need to go. So Hellboy digs up a corpse that talks to him and carries him on his back. But mm-hmm. the corpse is rather belligerent to Hellboy and like says nasty things to him all the time. I loved that scene in the movie. And mm-hmm. there's a whole comic book that is just that of, of Hellboy carrying around this corpse that's leading him on this journey. And just the corpse cussing him out and, mm-hmm. and, and making fun of him and knocking him down and whatnot. <clears throat> so it was really cool to see that in the movie as well. And that, that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Sweet. And those um those like uh four legged monsters that he fights in the beginning of the movie <clears throat> that's got the tentacles on its on its neck and stuff like that, rather Cthulhu like. Those mm. things were badass. And it was a good use of practical and CGI at the same time. Still, this is that big fight in the subway. That that fight always uh, stood out to me. Oh boy, fighting that creature in the subway. Oh, man, I need to re- rewatch these. I know the first one's on Netflix. I don't. I don't know if the second one is. They're fun. I've watched the first one a ton of times. And I also enjoy not to hate on Ron Perlman, but I enjoy that it's Ron Perlman without having to look at Ron Perlman. <laughs> like, like I can forget that it's Ron Perlman most of the time because he's in such a, an elaborate costume. Well, and it's perfect. It is perfect casting because, again, if you go back to the original art, um, Mike Mignola would draw a lot of square-jawed characters, just like, you know, really um, ex- exaggerated features, facial features, and that's Ron Perlman, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's as if... Mike Magnola drew Ron Perlman into existence. So, yeah, I mean, perfect casting, and he's he's awesome as Hellboy and um, Selma Blair. I love her in the movie too. Mm-hmm. I've always I've always been a fan of her, and she's awesome in the movie as the the chick with the fire powers. For sure. And of course, Abe Sapien, played by Doug oh, yeah. Jones. <clears throat> now, they changed the voice of Abe Sapien, the the character, the actor, from the first movie to the second movie, and I can't remember which one. I think it was in the second movie. Doug Jones actually got to do the voice, but in the first movie, wasn't it? What's his name from Frasier? Kelsey Grammer. No, the, the guy, the brother. Oh. Um. Shoot. Oh yeah. Um, shoot. Yes. 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 Him. I believe. I think he you're was right. The- voice of Abe in the first movie. Yeah. Well, and Doug Jones was like three characters in Hellboy 2. <laughs> yeah. And like 12 characters in Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's I Labyrinth, even th- yeah. yeah. I even think he played the little girl, if I'm not mistaken. That's how... <laughs> versatile. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, Hellboy movies, check them out. When's the third one gonna happen? <coughs> Jason? Heck yeah. Uh, next is come no, I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Del Toro should should like stop all these development projects. Just ditch them all and do Hellboy three for crying out loud. <laughs> Unless Set he's doing piece. more horror movies. Well, that's true. He's says well. Yeah, I mean, what was the last thing he did? Mama he did, was the like well, well that, that was. was uh, a produced by thing. He did Pacific Rim. 
Pacific Rim. Was that the last thing? Maybe. You count the Strain TV series? Oh, I need to watch that. I don't know if that was a produced by or if he directed it. He directed was... an episode. Oh. Well, he wrote it, too. It's based Ooh. on his book. Hellboy 3 is rumored. Oh. Yay, rumors. In that case, guess what I heard, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jason, anything you want to add about the Hellboy films? Um, I like them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're so well-spoken, Jason. Yeah, I, I really should be on a talking show. <laughs> That's kind of what I was made for. That's right. We saw both of them in the theater together, didn't we? Yes, we did. That's right. They held good. hands. Yeah, when he said That's together, right. he meant when we were together. Yeah. So, Terry, anything else you want to add about the Hellboy movies? No. Okay. Dustin, anything else you'd like to add about the Hellboy movies? Mm-hmm, nah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, what do you think? I think we've covered a lot of ground here in comic book, uh, comic book-related horror. Do we just, do we talk about, nah, never mind. What? Well, you the, started it. The Walking Dead. I mean, it's not a movie, but... Uh. It's kind of I a big fucking deal, it. right? Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest <laughs> freaking comic book properties related to horror there is, really. It's very true. I mean, yeah, we shouldn't talk about the story, and we have talked about it Damn a lot, it. but I just I it needs the... mentioned, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I want to read through the rest of the, the graphic novel series, because I... How I've... far have you read? Um, I've only finished the first volume, which I think they just put out volume 10, 9 or 10. So I'm a little behind. A little bit. <laughs> and they're pretty, they're pretty big volumes. But How far does the first volume take you? Does it take you past the prison? Um, trying to remember. It was over a year since I read it. I think it took me up to the prison, maybe. Oh, I really? Can't I can't remember. Yeah. Since I've so, watched further than what I've read, I don't <laughs> I'm getting yeah. old. Well, there's significant things. It's like, for example, how Lori actually dies in the comic versus how she dies in the TV show. Right. Oh, one thing I definitely remember is that... No, she... I know, but we're talking Sorry. about yeah, comic books and the show. So. Entering, interrupting the shit out of Terry. Okay. I was the only thing that I really remember standing out to me was that Shane dies way earlier in the comics than he oh, yeah. does on the show. And that made me so mad because I fucking hated him in the show. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, he's like dead. He's like dead like instantly. Really early in, in on. The comics. Yeah. Like, I don't know in single issues wise. I, I buy them in the, in the, uh, in the prestige format, which I think is like four or five books per book, mm-hmm. four or five comics per book, and he died at the end of the first ones, which led me to believe that he died within like the first four issues. Yeah, it was really fast. I mean, yeah, like it was before they even left the original camp right outside of of, yeah. uh, of, of Georgia, yeah, or whatever. Atlanta. Atlanta, thank you. I mean, I can see how he added a lot of tension in the show, and I see why they kept him, but I fucking hated yeah. him. <laughs> so. 
Well, uh-huh. difference being between the comic books and the show, the show is obviously far more character driven and um, the conflicts between the character and that and the motivations behind that the show is far more driven than the com- in that realm than the comic book is there's, yeah. there's there's a lot of moments in the comic books that really feels like it's more matter of fact kind of storytelling where it's like you get like three or four pages of dialogue where it's all just about like okay this is the plan we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and it's not about the characters. It's all just about the survival and how and, and the how-to kind of. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So where where it's where it's a lot more about the human drama in the show, which is good. And I think that's that's a good direction for the show to go, versus versus uh, what they do in the comics. So for sure. Yeah. And pump for the spinoff too. Oh yeah, they are doing a spinoff, aren't they? They are like Florida-based yeah. or something, right? Oh, I don't remember where, but it's oh, just. Oh yeah, I remember seeing something about that. Just another group of people, same time. I think just didn't they stories. do? They, was it like last season or something? They did like a small run of like YouTube episode or not YouTube, but online episodes or something. Which I feel like was maybe kind of an experiment to see if a spinoff would work. Hmm. And that's how I took it anyway. Cool. I've, I finally got to the point where I've walked away from the comic, and and I've I've read a lot of it. So I'm like, and it's, so it's only kind of recent, within this past year that I literally stopped the comic, and I th- and I think I'm officially done, and and which I think is fine. I mean the the plan for this book. Has always been from the beginning of like Robert Kurtzman has said, um, you know, he loves zombie movies, but his problem with the zombie movies is that they end. You know, there's an ending to the movie, but there's not an ending to the story because obviously in these zombie movies, there's still zombies out there and that reality is still continue on. And he's like, what if there was a story that didn't end? It just kept existing with this mm-hmm. world of the zombie and that was the concept and he's obviously stretching that out as as far as as, uh, as everybody will let him have you read there are a few novelizations that he's done have you read any of those like no, there's, I have, um, there's one that um that I have that I am planning on reading which is the the I think it's called the rise of the governor or something like that yeah. so it's like the governor's full backstory yeah, there's like, well, I don't, and there, there's just like the rise of the governor, but then there's like part <coughs> two and maybe a part three now. Oh yeah. I don't, and there's like the road to Woodbury as well. There's just one of those. I don't know. We get all of those because my director's a fan, but <laughs> so I see him filtering through. I'm like, ah, eh, maybe I'll read that eventually. Probably not. But oh, you know. so you haven't read any of them either? No, no. But I'm sure they would be interesting because the whole governor sure. storyline was always really fun to watch, and I'm sure there's a lot you could do with that. But. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you think he was a crazy psychopath in the in the um, show, he's way worse in the comics, and he looks way different too. It's so funny 
that he's you know in the comics in the comics he he kind of looks like the way he acts in the TV show you, and when I liked that contrast of like he looks like the guy you could trust on the TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, and the comics, and uh, he he's got he's got this long hair and beard, and he he's got the eye patch from the start. So he starts off when you first meet him with the eye patch, and you know he's just like this 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 like skinny guy and all grizzly looking, and and uh, <clears throat> so I like the fact that they went a different direction with the look of the governor on the TV show. Walking Dead. Yeah. Walking Dead. Keep it coming. Last season <laughs> was amazing. There's another new show out there, which is um, loosely based on a comic book that's put up by DC called iZombie. Have you guys heard of that? I've heard of it. Oh, I yeah. Think. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I'm curious. Not that I've read the comic, um, but uh, just again, it's another comic property though that's getting it's gotten a TV show New Daredevil's fucking awesome and gory and amazing I've been hearing a lot about that yeah it's yeah. really on Netflix good. right yeah yeah I'm only four episodes in it's fucking awesome as shit oh, I can't wait to get started on it I gotta get through uh, season two of Arrow though before I start Daredevil why? Yes, that's oh. how far behind I am on dirt on Arrow. I'm still only on season two. <clears throat> cool. All right. Oh, um, I have a I have a question. I don't know how many of you guys um, have actually have read comics and more specifically horror themed comics. So this may be a a um, short segment here, but. Um, Curious to know if there's any horror comic book property, or I guess if uh, we can expand it um, if we need to, but uh, any comic book property that you hope to see made or you would like to see made as a movie someday? Yes. Okay, Terry, Terry, go for it. Jason can go first. Okay, What if it's yours? Maybe Terry should go first. It's not mine. Oh, well, mine is because it's one that I read. From start to finish, and which isn't very many, but then it was also rumored for a movie for a while, and um, it never happened. But Preacher, <gasps> yes, oh yeah, and that was rumored for quite a while. But man, yeah. that would make that would make a good film. But you may have to do that maybe as like a mini series or something. Yeah, I love that book. Is it? Because it was a, it is a, it's a book that's got a beginning, middle, and end to it. Yeah. I mean, it was planned, but it's a long book. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. I can't remember how many trades it is, yeah. but yeah, outstanding. That's mine. Agre- agreed. Oh, so me now. Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned mine um, a few episodes back. Lock and key. Like I said, I think they yeah. had made um, a pilot for a TV series at some point that never got picked up, but I think they should try again, or that they should try to make it into a movie or miniseries would be awesome. And another one that I've I've actually currently reading through, it's not super horror-based, but it has some elements, because it's sort of a an apocalyptic sort of a deal. Um, it's called Why the Last Man. Oh, yeah. 
Um, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I really like it. Um, it's the same writer of that saga series that I really enjoy. Um, basically, there's one man alive. All the other men just spontaneously die, all at the same time. And all of the male animals too. So it's just a world, a world full of women and one man wandering around trying to not die. That sounds awesome. It's pretty fun. <laughs> good ones, good ones, yeah. Mike, you obviously have ten. Yeah, but <laughs> Lock and Key, I'm really surprised hasn't, you know. Uh, with know. all these comp with all these comic book properties getting made into things and, and lock and key being it's kind of such a standout book I'm surprised it hasn't really I bet they'll try again before too long yeah you would think Dustin do you have one uh, you know I don't think I do because I just don't read a lot of horror comics and if I do read a horror comic it's usually something that's already a movie yeah so I mean it I, you know like I I was really into the I think Wildstorm I can't remember what it was they did the they did the release of the the Friday the 13th the Nightmare on Elm Street and the Texas Chainsaw they had like these really you know really great comics and that was about uh, you know all that I was ever into. I just there's still a comic book store around here, and there's just nothing to to look at really. But with that said, though, with the <laughs> <laughs> with those Friday Thirteenth comics and Nightmare on Elm Street comics, it'd be cool to take some of those storylines and convert those into films, though, too, because some of those books were pretty kickass. Yeah, the uh, Friday Thirteenth oh. was. Um, Excellent. I mean, it, it just it, it ignored everything. It just, you know, here's Jason, here he is, and he's at Camp Crystal Lake, and here we go. You know, and it was gory as shit, and there's, I've never seen more nudity in a comic book ever. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't you say it one time on a previous episode that wasn't there a book that they did that, uh, that, that told the story between what happened in part eight and part nine? Yeah, there's there's a series that happened how he gets from New York to to get back to Camp Crystal Lake, but I've never been able to find it. And I I went looking. I didn't look very hard one day, but I was just gonna download it and just read it. You know, not necessarily need it just to see how good of a job they did. But I, you know, if anybody out there knows what it's called or knows who published it or what issue it is, let let us know because I would like I would like to read it. Me too, for sure. That would be that would be awesome. Okay, well, my picks. I have a, I have a couple. Um, <laughs> so since Walking Dead is so popular right now, and Robert Kurtzman is you know counting his millions, and the fact that Marvel movies are so popular right now, I would love to see uh... Marvel zombies turn into a movie. I don't ever see it happening. I could see maybe it would be cool if maybe they did like an animated film, like a direct DVD animated film. Mm -hmm. That would be really kick-ass. Um, but like Marvel Zombies, if you've never read it, basically it's an, it's an alternate universe where the zombie virus has affected Earth and has affected all the Marvel superheroes. And 
They still retain their intelligence and their superpowers and all this and that, but they just have this uncontrollable evil desire and hunger for human flesh. <laughs> so Tony Stark still is Tony Stark, but he'll eat you if he catches you. And <laughs> it's a great book because, like... <laughs> Um, whenever the Hulk, whenever Zombie Hulk is hungry, whenever David Banner Zombie is hungry, he hulks out and becomes the Hulk. And then once he eats, he calms down, turn back, turns back into Bruce Banner. And at one point, he eats so much that when he turns back to Bruce Banner, his little Bruce Banner stomach can't hold it, and his entire his entire um, guts and stomach explode out because of what he ate as the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just and then Galacticus shows up at one point and all the Marvel superheroes or all the Marvel all the Marvel superhero zombies attack him and eat him and then they all of a sudden have all of Galactus's powers. So uh-huh. now they now they're flying through the universe just finding planets to eat. And it's it's all it's funny and kinda creepy because when you grow up reading Spider Man and um, you know, and and the Avengers and whatnot, and then all of a sudden you're seeing your childhood heroes. You seen you seen Spider-Man eat Mary Jane, and you're like, uh, you're a little disturbed by it and creeped out that like there's there's no good left in this particular universe to save humanity. Um, That's awesome. And yet it's really funny at the same time. It's got all these little moments that are just uh, really funny. Um, like Wolverine's animantium claws get ripped out of his flesh at one point because his flesh is so rotted, and uh, it's 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 a really fun book. Um, they beat it to Marvel like uh, most comic book companies when they have something good, they beat it to death, and they did like four sequels to it to the point where like the fourth one, I was following it for the longest time, but by the fourth one, it was just unreadable had like robots and Howard the Duck was involved and it was just like, okay, whatever, I'm done with the Marvel zombie thing. But that first book is still something uh, that I go back and reread and it would just be amazing as a movie, probably better as an animated film because then you could do like all these characters that are in the book. So Marvel Zombies is is the one I would really love. But um, I would really, really, really love to see... Uh, Freddy versus Jason versus, versus Ash. Man. Yes. Yes, oh. that'd be awesome. Because that book was perfect. That that book should be the script for that movie. It tied in all these details that actually does link all three franchises together. Like for the for example, I mean Ash, Ash has to stop Freddy and Jason, and the only way to do that is to get his hands on the Necronomicon, and he finds out that the Necronomicon is in is in um, the Voorhees' house, which is connected to Jason Goes to Hell, because you see the Necronomicon sitting on the table in in the Voorhees' house. And I'm like, it's just a, such a stupid little throwaway fan nod in Jason Goes to Hell that they use as a major plot point in this comic book, and it works and it makes sense. <coughs> and then they did a sequel to that... <coughs> Excuse me. They did a sequel to that book. They did a second Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, where they tied in. There was like a support group of Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger survivors, 
So you in this book, not only do you have like Ash fighting these guys, but Tommy Jarvis shows up. Yes. And and Tina from from part seven shows up, and and um, survivors uh, Alice from um, from the Nightmare series shows up. Awesome. And so you're just like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Whoa. Yeah. Very cool. It's like Somebody it's like a, exactly. You, yeah, I'll totally let you borrow it, man. Um, so both those books are just like a horror fanboy's cream dream, right? Really, it's as if it's as if us as fanboys wrote them. It's because it's everything you would want to see as somebody who actually pays attention to the continuity of those films. So, so there's those, and then the last one for me is um, there was a series of comics in the '70s called Weird War Tales that DC put out. Um, and it was like all these kind of horror themed or sci-fi themed stories that took place during war times, like World War II and whatnot. So it was kind of a horror anthology book and a Western book, or not a Western book, but a war book all rolled in one. And there was these characters that were repeat characters in this book called the Creature Commandos. I would love to see a Creature's Commandos movie. The Creature Commandos was this unit of, of soldiers created by the government, the U.S. government, to fight the Nazis. And it consisted of a vampire, um, all in army fatigues too, which is awesome. A vampire, a werewolf, a Frankenstein, and um, there was another one. There, and um, Medusa, a Medusa type character too. So the Creature Commandos, that would be amazing. An amazing film. So, those are my choices. I just um, looked up real quick. Uh, I must not have looked very hard when I looked the first time, but that uh, maybe because uh, that Friday the 13th is not a comic book. Uh, it is just a book. Oh. And it's uh, just a story that uh, fills in all those blanks. And it's got really good reviews, so I'm going to check that out. It's called Friday the 13th, Hate, Kill, Repeat. Nice. Nice. Well, let me go if you get your hands on it, because I'd like to read that, too. Yeah, I definitely will. All right, so I think that should probably pretty much wrap it up for our comic book talk um, here on Attack of the Killer podcast. Um. Why don't we take a break, guys, and when we come back, we'll do some segments. Does that sound good, everybody? Let's do it. So, uh-huh. All right, we'll be right back. Good evening. It's intermission time. Our service is friendly and quick. You'll find hot dogs, hamburgers, pizza, your favorite candies, hot and cold beverages, and other delicious snacks. So add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often. It's great to get out to the movies. Do you find your life lacking meaning and purpose? Do you get up every morning and say, there's gotta be a better way? Are you a horror film fan and don't understand why your friends and family hasn't seen Necromantic? Do you know people who say that they love Jason from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Are you bored with your current podcast? Do you find yourself answering these questions out loud and getting weird looks from other people in your office? Well, now you never have to worry about those nasty stains again. Now you have a meaning to your boring, miserable life because now you can listen to... 
Attack of the Killer Podcast. That's right, Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast has all the vitamins and minerals for a well-balanced breakfast. On Attack of the Killer Podcast, you can marvel at the crew as they discuss various horror films, such as High Tension and... High, high tension. Listen with your ear holes as the attackers pick a topic and then derail from that topic for at least an hour every episode. Be extremely disturbed as you learn the true love Insane Mike has for his Jason Goes to Hell DVD. But wait, there's more. The gang at Attack of the Killer Podcast give you their guarantee that every episode will contain at least two hours of in-depth horror discussion. Or at least until they get bored, which usually happens after about the first 30 minutes. Listen to what this satisfied customer has to say about Attack of the Killer Podcast. Who the hell are you? What are you doing in my bathroom? So don't wait. Follow the rest of the Mindless Sheep and listen to Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack of the Killer Podcast can be heard at attackofthekillerpodcast.com or at stitcher.com. You can also follow Attack of the Killer Podcast on Facebook at Attack of the Killer Podcast or on Twitter at AOTKP. So act now. Offers limited. Operators are standing by. Blah, 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 and we're back. <laughs> now it's segments time on Attack of the Killer podcast. And why don't we go ahead and start off with my favorite and do some shout outs. It's time for shout outs. All right, so I asked, what are your favorite horror-themed comic book movies? And on Facebook, we had Jack Christensen say, 30 Days of Night. Very good. Uh, Lisa Norvell Owen said, 30 Days of Night, Hellboy, and Blade. Derek John says, Creepshow, if it counts. 30 Days of Night, From Hell. Love the show. Keep up the great job, everyone. Thanks, Derek. Thank you. Now you know why this is my favorite segment. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. That makes sense. We got a new commenter here. John Stump. He says... Okay, Terry knows John Stump. I do. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) He said the new Batman movies are scary enough to be considered horror, in my worthless opinion. That's John Stump. Do we get a... Are you going to tell us, or... What? Or are you just are you gonna tell us later who John Stump is? Oh, he's just a friend from school. Nice. Cool. And lastly we have Randy Snodgrass the second. He says, I would say creep show counts. See he answers for us. He's <laughs> just in there replying for him. He said it was based on King's and Romero's love of EC comics. He says Does Oh Vampirilla? Just because it was horrible. Um, LOL. Uh, Blade was fun, even the third one. Ha! Yeah! From Hell was very good as well. Um, We had nothing on Twitter. And you can always leave your... Oh, shoot, where'd it go? Come back. Yes, you can always call in. Uh, leave your comments, questions, anything at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Um, that's shoutouts. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. 
Thank you for that, Jason. You bet. Okay. Now it's time for my favorite segment. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's find out what's happening in the world of literature with Wicked Words with Wear Tear. Ow, 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 ow. I was really excited for this episode because it's basically one big Wicked Words with Wear Terror segment. Kinda, if you yeah. think about it yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. We don't really do many bookish based topics. So That's right. And when that. we do, it has to have pictures. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually went out of my way for you guys and did a comic book this time. Whoa, so, whoa. All right. Like I spoiled earlier, I picked up the first volume of 30 Days of Night, a graphic novel written by Steve Niles. The art was by Ben Templesmith. Um, and it'll, it's short and sweet. I mean, it's only like 80-some pages. It takes less than an hour to get through. Um, the art is crazy in it. I was really torn about whether or not I liked it. Um, it's the movie actually does a really good job of portraying the tone that um, Ben Templesmith created in the comics. It's kind of crazy how well they did that. Um, really dark and lots of it's kind of washed out with blue tones, things like that. And but the vampires in the comics are just so crazy badass. The only thing I ever had a problem with is that, like, the actual people, I, their faces are very similar. Um, they don't have a lot of distinguishing features, and it made it kind of hard to figure out who is who sometimes. Took a little bit, um, but still pretty cool looking. Um, and the movie does a really good job. It, it follows the entire story verbatim. Um, the only thing that you have here is that with an only 80 page graphic novel, you have so much room for your own interpretation. And the movie really embraces that and adds a ton of characters and lots of background. And most of it works really, really well. And I didn't have a problem with any of it. And I thought it was really creative after I'd seen the movie before, but after reading the graphic novel and going back and revisiting, it was really cool to see how they had expanded on that universe while still maintaining all of the core of that. Um, the only thing that really bothered me uh, was the relationship between the sheriff, the sheriff Eben, and his ex-wife slash wife um, because in the movie as you guys know because you have seen it um, there's this sort of disjunct relationship between them like they're separated or divorced I can't even remember um, and she's trying to avoid him and she 
accidentally gets trapped in Alaska with him for the 30 days of night when she didn't mean to. But in the comic, they don't have any of that. They're like still together and in love and they just go through the whole thing together without any of the extra drama. So, um, I mean, I guess for more character development, blah, blah, I thought it was kind of a silly addition, but that's just me. Um, but most of the rest of it follows really closely. I'm a big fan of um, the character that uh, Ben Foster played, like the random stranger that kind of wanders into town. It's a very short-lived character in the graphic novel, and he is in the movie too, but I thought that was portrayed really, really well. And a lot of the lines even are pulled straight from the comic, so that was really cool to hear that after reading that, to hear those come out in the movie. Um, Another slight difference that was a little bothersome to me, I don't know why they did this, um, but the vampires in the graph I mean I guess I know why they did this in the movie they um the vampires speak their own dialect or I don't know if it's a specific language or something they made up but is all subtitled for the movie but they don't have any of that in the graphic novel obviously because they can't unless you know how to read another language but I'm not sure why I'm not sure why they did that in the movie. There wasn't really a need for it, I don't feel. Maybe to make them seem more badass. I I don't know. Um, And another slight change, which again, I'm not sure why they did this, because they could have expounded on it more in the movie. But in the movie, there's one main head vampire. uh, And it's, oh, what's his name? Danny something? Danny Houston? His name is Marlo. He's like the main leader of the group. Well, in the graphic novel, there are actually two. Um, I'm trying to remember. It starts out the story. There's kind of this underling is leading this group to Barrow to attack these people. And then Marlo is the character that comes in about halfway through. He's like, the head honcho that was kind of waiting for things to settle down and after they'd gotten established to come in and he like beats the shit out of the underling and takes over everything. I don't know why they took those two characters and kind of molded them into one instead of keeping them separate, but whatever floats your boat, I guess. Um, But yeah, it really follows it well. Uh, there is another there's another storyline that runs alongside of it something to do in Orleans and in New Orleans and I'm sure that that storyline is kind of carried into the following comics so I'd be interested in watching the second movie to see if there's something with that because they didn't really talk about it at all kind of sounded like some sort of vampire slayers maybe getting in on the action um but yeah it was a really good interpretation of it uh i think the ending was a little bit better in the book it seemed came off a little cheesy almost in the movie compared to the graphic novel but still both awesome um but if you like the movie you should check out the graphic novel and vice versa good stuff cool awesome 
All right. Well, I think it's time for Insane's Picks. All right. So I kind of cheated a little bit on the. My Insane's pick for this episode isn't necessarily a horror film, but it is comic book related. But. Hey, it's close enough. I'm counting it, okay? Um, Because it's directed by a guy who's most commonly known for his work in horror. And so. And it's a little bit more of an obscure comic book related title. So. My pick is 1968's Danger Diabolique, directed by Mario Bava. This was an Italian comic book uh, from, from back in the 60s about um, this anti-hero by the name of Diabolique. Uh, he's basically a thief and a terrorist, and it kind of comes from, um, I forget what the Italian word was, but they uh, translated into what is called um, uh, black comics, where where uh, the the villains are technically the the good guys. This whole anti-society type of mentality going on in, in these particular books. And one of the more popular characters from from uh, the genre of comics was Diabolique. <clears throat> and Mario Bava made a film of this comic book character uh, starring John Philip Law in the uh, title role. This basically is uh, kind of a 60s Batman TV show, but on acid. It's kind of campy, but it's definitely far more um, visually exciting and stimulating than than even the '60s Batman. Even though you know, with the crazy sets of the '60s Batman show, um, Danger Diabolique uh, even takes it a step further. It, it doesn't have the mocking tone that Batman would have. Um, uh, the characters play the the actors play it straight and serious, and no one's really poking fun at these characters. But it definitely has a really strong comic book feel. And, and, and for me, comic book movies, the top comic book movies for me are the ones that feel like that these are comic books that have leapt off the page onto the theater screen. Much like Sin City or Creepshow. And that really has a style that's based on what you see on a comic book page. And Danger Diabolique falls into that category as well. Um, so it definitely has a lot of comic book feel to it. Uh, the visual pacing on it is 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 rather is is rather crazy and 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 fast paced. A uh, lot of beautiful, a lot of beautiful uh, imagery and colors in this movie. Um, again, a lot of crazy lighting, a lot of crazy sets, um, a lot of amazing effects using forced perspective. Uh, much like Batman having his Bat Cave. Um, Diabolique has his own cave that he gets into through an underground tunnel, and what happens is the the uh, the, the landmass will lift open like a doorway, and the car will drive into it. So you see this nice long wide shot of this of the ground opening up, and the car driving down into it. And it's all done in forced perspective. The effect is actually a miniature in the foreground, and you have the car in the background, um, with, and uh, driving forward, making it look like it's driving into this underground tunnel. And there's a ton of those of these forced perspective shots, 
and it's all done beautifully and seamlessly. Some of the best forced perspective um, effects ever ever committed to film. <clears throat> um, what also makes this movie uh, amazing and very comic book like is his his use of uh, Mario Bava's use of framing in this film. He uses a lot of like. Um, um, uh, there's like bookshelves or um, like this bed bedpost where it has all of these like um, kind of frames within the frame and he has characters strategically placed say behind this bookshelf where the the wood of the bookshelf now creating panels on the on the theater screen giving it even more of that comic book feel and look um, and that's done throughout the whole movie, uh, like shots of within the car, where you have one frame is the windshield, and then another frame is the rearview mirror where your actors are having a conversation. So, tons, tons of that stuff layered throughout the entire film, and it's it's beautiful and really gives it a comic book feel. Um, it's a very underrated film. I think it's one of Mario Bava's best films. It ranks right up there with me uh, with with Black Sunday of one of, of Mario Bava's best works. Um, so much so that the Beastie Boys even kind of parodied this film in their music video "Body Moving." Have you ever seen that music video? Um, it is it is yeah. literally yeah. There's stuff that's literally shot for shot from Danger Diabolique. And as a matter of fact. Um, what they did is they used stock footage from Danger Diabolique when it comes to like the car crashes and explosions and stuff like that, and they just inserted their stuff nice. um, with uh, with uh, shots from Danger Diabolique. Another interesting fact about Danger Diabolique is that this movie was the f- was used for the final episode of Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Now, I personally don't feel it's a movie that. Uh, that it, that should be on the same shelves as a lot of the movies that appeared on Mystery Science Theater 3000. But again, I'm also okay with Mystery Science Theater 3000 making fun of any movie. So, you know, they have that license as far as I'm concerned. So, but it is nice that this movie is kind of put on a pedestal as being the final Mystery Science Theater 3000. We actually get to see the final fate of Mike and the Robots. Um... Spoiler, they end back up on Earth. So, anyway, um, <clears throat> so that's my pick for this episode Danger Diabolique. If you can find it to give it a look, I know there for a while it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. I own the DVD of it that was put out by Paramount. Um, and it's actually a really good DVD put out by Paramount. There's a commentary track uh, by John Philip Law. Um, it's got a. Um, a kind of a documentary about the film um, and it's got the uh, body moving music video on it as well so um, along with a teaser trailer theatrical trailer it's presented in widescreen 16.9 um, so yeah so check it out if you can find the movie Danger Diabolique okay awesome <laughs> that sounds awesome it is awesome. I love I this movie. I've seen it. But... I may have made you watch it before. I can't remember. Always... Or at least maybe the Mystery Science Theater episode. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Hey, guys, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Another episode in the bag. Woo! Yeah. 
So that concludes another episode of Attack uh, Oh my god, I almost made it. Almost. <laughs> almost. You were there. Oh, shit. You saw the finish line and got excited. I did. I did. Forgot he had to talk to him. Yeah. Tired of talking. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> uh, so that is, concludes another episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Oh. Any final th- thoughts from anybody? Read. Reading is fun, right, Terry? Yeah. As long as there's pictures. That sure helps. (laughs) So, until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on crew. And we will catch you all again on the flip side. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? (laughs) What?